Because I always, you know, sometimes you'll watch a podcast, like they'll do a video of a podcast. You'll watch a podcast. I'll watch a bit of a podcast. Sounds like a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'll just listen to uh, a painting. <laughs> <laughs> but? But <laughs> they'll be sitting there. Like there was a recent one. Uh, what the hell's a guy's name? Comedian. Ah. Can I guess? Sure. Henny Youngman? Nope. <laughs> so close. Neil. Neil. DeGrasse Tyson. Oh, he does a, he, it's, a he's, it's called The Blocks. His podcast is called The Blocks. Okay. Neil, I want to say Gallagher, but it's not Gallagher. No. And it's not Neil Gaiman. Neil, Ga, Neil, oh, sorry, Neil. Sorry, I don't know. If you're tuning in. Anyway, so he does the podcast. Big fan of this show. <laughs> he does the podcast, but he also videotapes it. So the first one was mm. David Letterman was the guest. Oh, okay. And so they're sitting much like you and I are. Yeah. Except Dave is back more, but he's got the microphone in front of him. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching him because the only other podcast I do, other than my failed podcast, <laughs> is your podcast that actually uh, has mic stands yeah. and uh, puffer uh, guides and stuff. Yeah. And I always want to move around, but now I come on yours and I always sit like this, yeah. when, especially when we're at. Uh, I think you can move around a bit. Your secondary location. Yeah. You would always say, go closer because you had the cans on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you knew what the volume level had to be. Yeah. Oh, there. So I am looking at levels, but it's really, I don't know. I think because I'm, I'm a soft talker, so I need to be on mic. Mm -hmm. Like Ian usually sits about 20 feet away <laughs> and just projects like he's in a, on stage, uh, which is okay. But the problem with that is then you get, room, you get more room noise. You get more of the atmosphere of the room in his voice because mm -hmm. his voice is echoing in the room. Because yes. I'm speaking softer and closer to the mic, you're just getting my voice. But the farther you are away, the more more room sound there is. And because, you know, this is an unprofessional uh, situation here. I don't this know if you notice that. This is downright shoddy. <laughs> it's very shoddy. You're, thank you. Because of that, uh, you know, we don't have any soundproofing or anything in this pretty bright space. Like, you know, bare walls, lots, lots of windows. So there's lots of echoey possibilities here and that's why you've kept all the books in here this giant pile of books so it's not as echoey this potentially murderous <laughs> stack of books that's towering above us i don't think it's that sound deadening though i don't think it i don't think it's like a real you know it's also part of the reflecting surfaces i guess so but sitting here right now I, it does sound more uh this is going to sound like an insult but it's yeah. not it sounds more dead yeah than I think you might think it does. Okay. It sounds like Ian's place to me. Okay. Yeah. Which isn't that dead. It's not. <laughs> it's not that dead. When we used to do our show at Dave's place. Yes. We sat around a dining room table. Terrible. With a hardwood floor. Yes. A vaulted ceiling. Oh no. And yeah, no, yeah. no, nothing. Right. But it sounded fine. I thought it sounded fine. Yeah. Dave did not think it sounded fine. Okay. I tried to compare it again to the only other podcast I knew, which was yours. Yeah. And I thought yours sounded fine yeah right I, I shouldn't even say that i'm only saying that because you said that it sounded fine yeah. i thought yours sounded great yeah it didn't have uh, traffic noise mm, a, not uh, anymore a hiss yeah. oh yeah it used to have the sirens right yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. it didn't have hiss uh it sounded legible yeah it didn't sound like it was done on a walkie-talkie sure and so if i could achieve that sound which mm. is what i thought i was able to achieve with yeah. my yeah. failed podcast <laughs> But Dave said, no, it doesn't sound good at all. And I was like, mm. you know what? <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> I'm tired of all this passive aggressive. What are we, Canadian? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, um, how are you doing? 
let's get a bit of silence and then we'll start the show. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. <laughs> oh, sorry. And I'm Jason Dedrick. I'm the, this week's guest. <laughs> sorry, I thought you thought I was going to introduce you. That's right. Yeah, but... I often get introduced when I come on. But yes, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Ian Boothby. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I'm Ian Boothby. And this is Sneaky Dragon. Thank you. Uh, unfortunately, Ian couldn't be with us this week. Uh, Ian is quite sick. Oh. He's actually in the hospital. He's okay. He's just going, undergoing uh, some uh, routine maintenance right now. Is he an android? <laughs> is this what we've I shouldn't been... say routine maintenance. I don't want to really say too much about it because I want him to explain. I only know the, some of the circumstances around it, not all of the circumstances around it. Uh, but as far as I can tell, um, he got pneumonia. Uh-oh. And then he was also on a new prescription drug. And the combination sent him in a, into a spiral. And so he ended up in the hospital with uh, something like pneumonia. And it sounded like it sounded like a combination of a couple of things. So, like I say, I would prefer that Ian, when he's on the show next week, we will t- discuss it in more detail. But I just want to say, what a champ for going to such extremes for more show material. <laughs> oh. All I did was get a wallet stolen in Paris. What? But, uh-huh. you know, this is like above and beyond. Well, it is. I mean... Yeah. Now I sort of feel like we're Letterman and we've come back after that first show after 9-11. I didn't. Uh, here's what happened, folks. I got a call. I got a text yesterday yeah. from my lovely cousin Dave saying, hey, Ian can't do the show. Will you uh, step in? And I, of course, am a whore and I love to talk and be heard. <laughs> so I, I said, right. yes. That's not really I... what whores do, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't I have a great understanding of whores or horses. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, um, uh, have you heard of a show called Horse Mysteries? There's a lot of explanations of horses on that as well. No, I haven't. I get all my horse news from you. Okay. <laughs> from your other podcast, The Horse's Mouth. Lisa and I do a podcast together called Horse Mysteries. Do you? I think yeah. I knew this, but you know. Yeah, I'm it's sorry. fine. It's uh, fine. It's not fine. I just, I just thought it was a good t- chance to Our like get isn't in the close enough. PR. <laughs> Hey, you know who I saw the other day, speaking of... Uh, oh. oh, and I want Ian to be well and back on the show next week. Will yeah. he be back on the show next week? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think a stink bug just fell oh off my of your microphone. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> this, this studio is full of stink bugs. Stink I guess it's warm now. I guess so. Oh. I should keep it a little colder. Keep oh. the mode. So anyway, I, I texted you. I said, would you mind coming on the show? And you said, yes, with, with unbecoming speed. Just joking, you. It's, you said the next day, so I get worry overnight. <laughs> oh yeah, you might have sent it in the evening, and I didn't respond till the following day. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. might be right because of uh, we might have had a falling out. <laughs> it's a typical Dedrick. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't talk for years. No, no, it's fine. Yes, we're the closest of all the Dedricks. We now. really are. <laughs> it's all business. <laughs> but before I forget, and right off the to- uh, off any topic, we don't even have a topic. I'm holding a Dennis the Menace. Uh, book in my hand to remind me to ask you something. Oh, okay. But when I, we were talking about family, and uh, De- uh, Ian loves it when you and I talk about Dendricks. Oh my god, he loves it when you talk about the Dendricks and all of the noises that they make. And of course, I don't do my dad. I do your dad. Because <laughs> my dad, the impersonation of my dad, yeah. is a vague uh, impersonation of your dad. You think my dad is like the the 
the person who started that, perhaps? Oh, I don't know. I no, I, you know, I, I feel like it was grandpa. That yeah, I feel like it's a grandpa thing because when my dad would call my 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 grandfather on the phone, when his dad, the first thing he'd say was, "How's every little thing at Willingdon on the water?" <laughs> That's right. Or yeah. they were just saying, "Is this Willingdon on the water?" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> was the other one. So obviously, at some point, our grandfather, who we didn't really know super well, because yeah. it feels to me like when I was a kid. He was not the warmest person in the world. Like he would do nice things like give us acorns out of a paper bag and crack, crack them in a vice, which is pretty exciting to little kids. Wow. I never got an acorn. Well, there you go. See, I'm, in, I'm the older generation. He would crack my thumb in the vice. <laughs> okay. Well, that's different. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's when he changed. Um, but yeah, like I didn't really feel like I talked to him like a person. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't like, he was a generation that didn't, that treated kids like they were not quite human yet. And so I never really had like a heart to heart or any kind of, you know, so basically by the time he was really talking to us, he was crazy. <laughs> yes, he was like out he of was, He was, he, he didn't, he had, you know, had uh, dementia. And to say he's crazy, it's kind of unfair, obviously. Yes, and that's kind of out joke. of his mind. That is also unfair. <laughs> he told the same stories again. He was in repeat mode, yes, actually. Yes. That was the worst part, mm -hmm. because I would say that to my mom and dad. Yeah. I would say, I don't want to go visit grandma and grandpa. And they say, why? I said, because you two <laughs> talk to grandma. Yeah. And I'm the decoy. Saddled with. <laughs> I'm the distraction. <laughs> yes. And as much as I enjoy the stories and yeah. try to, sometimes I would ask him differently. Mm. But no, he was locked in. Yeah, he was very locked in. And also, he... he I would always tell you, no matter where he was, that he was just he was just born over there. So if he was at my aunt and uncle's in North Delta, he would just been born over there, born somewhere over, there. over the trees. And then when he came to our wedding, uh, at least in my wedding, he was just born close by where we were getting married in Langley. You know, so wow. it didn't matter where. And how where would that we come up? Would it be like you know I was just born over there? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. And where was he born? Do we know? I don't. I think in Vancouver. I know in Vancouver, but I don't know where in Vancouver because mm. his two brothers were born in the states, right? Mm. The older and the younger. Yeah. Which relates to another little story that I might have for later on. Okay. I'm terribly worried about the show today. <laughs> Why? Well, because um, um, people always leave such nice comments. Yes. After the uh, yeah, you're, after, you're after I'm a guest because you're always show. great on the show. And uh, somebody, a very kind person, yeah. said, Jason did a great job, but I sure did miss Ian. And I thought, oh, sh I didn't know I was supposed to <laughs> take Ian's place as well. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. I was supposed to be a, a quiet, behaved guest. So yeah. I, I want to try to drive a little bit. Okay, that's I fine. I don't want to drive please, too much. Please but do. I feel, like I, I, I feel like I let that man down because he's like, <laughs> oh, I really needed to hear Ian yeah. uh, 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 do something. So I even was listening to last week's yeah, podcast yeah. just to try to get my... my, <laughs> Your, my Ian impersonation my down? Ian impersonation You don't down. have to impersonate Ian. Be yourself. But oh, uh, God, yeah. I've already don't... jumped around too much. We were talking about grandpa. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, you ran into someone. Your dad. Well, you ran into my dad. Yes. This is the number one. I missed the chance because I had to call him to tell him that I needed him to come into the store. Mm. And I wanted to say, is this <laughs> Willington on the water? And I didn't. But he could see because he must have called his place. Yeah, so he was like, oh, so my glasses must be ready, right? So if only all, if you all knew Dave's dad, Uncle Bob, you would say, oh, my God, this is so great. It is a great impersonation. <laughs> it is. He came in to see our doctor. I work at an, uh, an eye clinic, yeah. folks, <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago. And I said, oh, my Uncle Bob is coming in. You're going to have a great time with him. <laughs> He's going to talk when you don't think he's going to talk, and he's going to repeat a lot of what you say yeah. in uh, affirmations. Sure. And sure enough, the doctor said, 
I'm going to need you. You can hang up your coat over there and just have a seat in the big chair. And he says, I'll hang up my coat and I am going to sit in the chair. And then he told the doctor, he said, uh, uh, my nephew works here. And she said, oh, yeah. And he said, yeah, Jason. <laughs> my nephew Jason works here. And she says, yeah, I, I, oh, I've seen God. him. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure. My dad is so old now. So yeah, I wanted to talk to him because of the other story I have. My great aunt on the other side of the family, sure. my mom's aunt, yes. Auntie Pat. The the Enrights? The Enrights. Uh, and then she's actually now married uh, in a Lofstead. So it okay. Gets, it, oh, my gosh. That's yeah, a big mess. A whole other <laughs> <laughs> organization. She died. Oh, sorry to hear that. It was 103. Well, that's a good inning. Yeah. Skiing accident, right? <laughs> so, you kids be careful. Always wear a helmet. It don't happen with it. That's right. Never go water skiing in the winter. She learned. Simple. But no, the, the Swedish influence on her. <laughs> so uh, I had uh, old family on my mind and mm. death. Yes. And so and her, your dad comes in. So I say, hey, uh, did you know my mom's aunt? And he said, no, which is a typical. <laughs> Typical Dedrick. Typical Dedrick. You're right. Because I bet he does know her. I was named after his dearest friend, Dave Adams. Really? I never met Dave Adams <laughs> in my in my entire life. Uh-huh. My mom and dad never went and visited Dave Adams. Was he local? He was local. He lived, uh, in fact, they moved closer to him. <laughs> he lived in Panorama Ridge, which was like, you know, an adjacent to North Delta. So when you were named, though, they didn't wait to move back to Canada to name you. No. So he knew Dave Adams. Yes. Well, this is... Uh, yeah. It's great. Apparently a great friend. And your middle name is Adam. My middle name is Andrew. That would be good, though, if it was... Uh, Adams. Adams. <laughs> Plural. Adam, Andrew was my mom's preferred name, but my dad insisted on David because of Dave Adams. Oh, this tremendous guy that you've this never met. This tremendous friend that I've never met, nor did my dad ever seem to meet ever never again. Saw again. Never saw again. Great <laughs> is friends. He, is he alive? I, I don't know. Well, well, there you go. I ain't gonna. I doubt it. Okay. So I, I had spoken with Dave. Was into the store not long ago as well, and he ordered glasses, and I got mm. to talking to him because uh, his uh, father, though born in Canada, joined the United States Armed Forces. Yes, because it was the uh, quick way to get naturalized yeah. in the states. Because my dad wanted to work in radio. He wanted to work in radio. But you couldn't be a you couldn't be a foreign national and work on the radio in those red scary days. This was the early 60s, so they're still kind of, you know, in the middle of the, uh, you know, the, that period of the Cold War was still burning hot. Yes. And, and he couldn't work in Canada because there was only five radio jobs and they problem. weren't taken. Well, in the, yeah, in the lower mainland. <laughs> in the lower mainland, right? Because if you, yeah, that was the thing. If he wanted to work in radio here, he would have had to go live up in Fort Nelson or somewhere, you know, that's like a 24-hour drive from where we're sitting. Yeah. And my dad didn't want to do that. You know, he was a, I wouldn't say he was a city boy, but, you know, he was not a country person yes you know. as rural as burnaby was and as rural as willingdon on the water could be <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah didn't want to drive 24 hours but he would drive five hours and join the army <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he went to the states and he, he enlisted in the army yeah yeah right so with this in mind mm-hmm. i say to him oh i was talking to dave about uh about you when you went to the states and mm-hmm. uh because you couldn't work in Canada. And yeah. so if you wanted to work in radio, where they had the jobs, yeah. you had to be done. Yeah. And he looked blankly at me and he said, <laughs> yeah, no, I went down. <laughs> I had a friend okay. who lived in Portland. Mm. And uh, uh, 
it's I might be I'm missing some elements here, okay. but I'm going to get to the, the key. Sure, element. sure. I, I think he said that a buddy of his also went down there and mm. was living at this guy's house in Portland, and it was like, why don't you come down too? Okay, as an, an invitation. Sure. So as he one goes does. down to Portland, yeah, yeah. and uh, well, lo and behold, <laughs> he moves in and they're hanging around. Yeah, and damned if the uh, guy they're living with doesn't get drafted. Okay, right. There's no draft at this point. I this is what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> he gets drafted. Yeah. And so he's shipped off to uh the East Coast, mm. Virginia. Sure. And uh, these two guys, Bob and yeah. the other guy, they yeah. uh, clearly Dave Adams. <laughs> Dave, Bob and Dave <laughs> go uh, continue living in the house. Yeah. Well, damned if a couple weeks later, uh your father mm. doesn't get a letter. He's drafted. That's impossible. <laughs> That's what I said, but I didn't say it like that. Not like that. I said, "Oh, I didn't think they draft Canadians. Draft, yeah, draft Canadians into the army. Yeah, I'm just. And how were you getting mail delivered <laughs> to a place that you just were yeah. living in as a sublease?" Exactly. Did they even know you were in the country other than you went across to the border? <laughs> yeah. Did they like write your name down? <laughs> so this Possible. Guy. Also for jury duty. Draft eligible and jury duty. They write <laughs> beside your name yeah. as you go into America. I, they could have asked him to be president. <laughs> so many people have gone out of Disneyland and ended up in the army. <laughs> That's right. Pressed a Shanghai into service. <laughs> we're suddenly doing jury duty. Like, I don't know. I just came down. To, I was just going to go and, on the Matterhorn ride. And now I'm in this... Weird swindling trial. I was standing there in frontier land, admiring a cavalry outfit. <laughs> Lo and behold, I was now in the cavalry. So your dad says he was drafted. Yeah. And he shipped off to Baltimore. Yep. Completes his basic training. He ends up in the army. Yeah. And I, I again, I tried to drop a hint to say I don't think yeah, that uh, that's you how got, it works. <laughs> you got drafted. <laughs> yep. And he didn't mention anything about radio yeah. or any desire to be in radio. Uh. And so I thought I'd better tell you, number one, <laughs> in case you should be concerned. Yes, well, yeah. <laughs> but well, also, times. I was hoping to get a reaction out of you. <laughs> you, you did. Because <laughs> first I'm thinking to myself, have I been repeating a story that's maybe just me assuming a bunch of facts, which is mostly my life, me just assuming a bunch of stuff and then just repeating it to people and I'm going like, are you sure? And I'm like, ah, pretty sure. Let me Google this. No, that's not how it works, Dave. No, no, I don't know where you got this idea from. But no, my dad is obviously kind of... Because, you know, like, he, he um he never talked about his service that much. He always, he had, like, his work, like, his around-the-house yard work was his, like, mili- like his jacket, like his fatigues, oh, his fatigue okay. jacket, <laughs> which he had forever, and I wore nice sometimes. belt and a sidearm. <laughs> <laughs> which I wore sometimes as a, as a kid, but, like, he went to, he went to North, not North Korea, he went to Korea. He patrolled on the DMZ there. He visited Japan on furlough. Uh, he was stationed in Virginia, so he went into Washington. He went to the Smithsonian. There's, I guess, an art gallery there because he mentioned seeing Dolly's The Last Supper. Mm, hello, he... Dolly's The Last Supper. That's right. Yes. <laughs> That's, uh, it was Carol Channing yeah. serving bread. To... <laughs> At the Cherry Lane Theater. It was off Broadway. It was down in the village. Very off. <laughs> yes. And uh, he also went to see the Baltimore Orioles play because he was also this is one of those areas where like you're surprised how close everything is together yeah like when you know that you can be in like when uh the lincoln lincoln memorial was built there was like some place you could stand in the door of and see the memorial from it like that that was planned oh bizarrely yeah okay right 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 and that's a fact that i read in assassination vacation by that 
to writer Sarah Bowell, Sarah Bowell, Jessica, Jessica Parker, <laughs> and Sarah Bowell wrote it together. Why the long face? Um, and yeah, so and so yeah, he was always like a huge Baltimore Orioles fan mm. and a Baltimore Colts fan. He was drafted by the Baltimore Colts. He was both drafted <laughs> by the Baltimore Colts because they needed a Can- they needed Canadian content. That's right. weird. It's weird how our stories change over time in our minds. Like I'm certain, like I'm certain my dad isn't lying. That's just how he remembers a story now. But it's funny. Yeah. Like he has he has a demo tape. Like it was a demo tape, but it was him actually on air. Like he did do like radio when he was down in the states. So had... you claim that's because I asked you and you said that he did. Yeah, <laughs> but it... it was not. It was it was him. <laughs> it's him just drafted, living in a house with three other guys: Henry Fonda, James Stewart, and him living in a house together. Yeah. He also told me he was in the monkeys. <laughs> well, that's true. I don't really talk about that because it's kind of he was the fifth monkey. <laughs> And kind of, you know, his drumming was considered too stiff. Sure, Pete Worst. And when they were being produced by uh, those two guys who produced them, Bobby Boyce and... Shields and Yarnell. Boyce and Hart. I don't know their actual first names. Anyway, not Shields and Yarnell. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I agree. Well, I have no reason to not agree. I'm saying his story agrees because he said, oh, we went up to New York. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. We go up to New York. And he also went to Chicago. Okay. Or he was in Chicago. I don't know. I never heard that part of the story. <laughs> okay, you know, he went to Chicago because somebody on the base lived in Chicago. Mm, okay. And I said, did you go into town like uh, Frank Sinatra and Gene Kelly and, uh, you know, in New York, Anchors yeah. Away kind of a thing? Yeah. And he said, no. No, we hadn't. <laughs> Shocked that he didn't do that. He and some other guys didn't break out in song on the streets of New York. How interesting. So many people do. <laughs> Oh, that sounds like a lie. Because <laughs> if anyone's going to break it, this yeah, it's going to be my dad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, um, man, also he told me he told me like when I was younger that he was offered the chance to uh, re-enlist when his basic when his service was done, and then they were going to train him, and then he was going to go to Vietnam and act as a advisor to the the South Vietnamese army there. My dad said, uh, no thanks. Because <laughs> he only did it to fast track himself into an American citizenship. Uh, and so he was, a nat- he was a naturalized American. He still is a naturalized American. Right. He is more officially an American than I am. Because I am missing like a, a vital document, which is called your social insurance number, which I do not have. Or social security number in the States. Oh, you have to apply for that? You have to apply for that. And I should have applied when I was much younger. But I was a feckless teen. An, in, an ineffective teen when I was... My, a little while ago, actually, my mom, I'm sure I mentioned it on the show, but I was talking to my mom about this. And just, oh, because it was such a, because when I got my wallet stolen in Paris, it was such a hassle getting back because my PR card was stolen. I had put my passport in, in, in the hotel safe, but I didn't think about my PR card because I always keep it in my wallet as like extra ID, mm-hmm. and which is dumb, apparently. So I got stolen and then, and so it was a real and so I was basically a man without a country. Like, there's nothing the Amer- Americans could do for me to help me get it back into Canada. Canada, and the Canadians were less than in, were more than indifferent about me coming back into Canada. Really? Oh yeah. Like, oh, well, on, on behalf of the whole country. If... Fuck you. <laughs> and if they knew you better. <laughs> Maybe they knew that I'd lived here my entire life. <laughs> could like give you like a whole song and dance about Canada's role in World War One. <laughs> But no, like they were less than like I would go to, I went to the Canadian embassy two t- different days. One day I waited outside for like six hours, four to six hours. I can't remember how, exactly how long, but it was a long time that I was there because the, the guard said, well, there's, you know, he said, you know, they're, they're not, they're saying they won't see you, but they will. Like someone will come down and get you. 
I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So while I was there, I filled out, I applied for a, what was called a, a travel document because I needed that in order to get back into Canada. And so while I was there, I was doing that. I was like taking pictures of my passport because I brought my passport with me to your Canadian passport. My American US passport. I don't, I'm not dual. I'm just American. So, because this is the other thing. So I was, I so, guess you are just, a Canadian. I am just an American. Right. You moved here. Yeah. Okay. When I was very young. But I mean, my parents moved me here. Remember when we crossed the border that time and they said, uh, are you related? And I said, no. And you said, yeah, we're cousins. And I went, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's my cousin. <laughs> I felt so disavowed. Oh, typical Dedrick. No wonder we don't see each other. <laughs> Tom and Mike are not related. Why would Dave be related? He's just a really good friend. And your cousin. And my cousin. You're right. I don't. I never think of him as that. <laughs> Sorry, go on. So yeah, so it was a real hassle, like because you know, like I went to the American embassy just to see if they could help me, and I was in like a shot. Like there was other people waiting, and they're just like, "Go on past these suckers. Just go right in. Go." The people waiting inside, screw them. Go right up to the window. <laughs> but they couldn't really do anything for me. Like, like you know, they couldn't issue me because they don't. There's no visa requirement and stuff like that. So I went back to the Canadian embassy, and that's when they said I should wait. And so while I was there, I you know I. Stood around and I just outside using this like bollard that was on the street, I guess, to protect the embassy from some sort of ram raider. <laughs> I just used that as my desk and I like, I applied for this travel document on, on using my phone. And, uh, and I was there until closing time. I could see everyone leaving, right. like watching all these people come out, freaking Canadians, just <laughs> totally all laughing and joking. The end of the day, woohoo, we're all done. And I was like, what about me? I'm so. Everybody uh, from Delta! went from vancouver it's a general sundance is that what it is sunset sunrise what's their neighborhood what's the neighborhood uh or the inton sunrise yeah 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 you said it code you're gonna open up a coca-cola and um yeah open it up and so um when i came back i was talking to my mom about this ordeal and she says well you know you had a chance when you're a teenager to get dual citizenship I don't know why you didn't do that. And I was like, well, you know why, mom? Because I was a teenager and I have no idea how you get dual citizenship. Yeah, right. That's a good The internet point. didn't even exist then. <laughs> no way to research it. Oh, what would I do? Like, You're where the, do I go? Your parents would tell you. And obviously they did not tell you, right? No. No. There's no help there. <laughs> like, it's so weird to say that, like, after the, like, 40 years after the fact. Oh, it's too, well, it'd be more than that. No, 40. Yeah, 40 years after the fact. Oh, it's too bad that you didn't, like, yeah, it is too bad. It's also too bad my parents didn't maybe take me down to the States and help me apply for a social insurance number. That would also be good. Because every time I go to get a passport now, they go, do you have a social insurance number? And I say, no, I don't. And they go, that's very serious that you don't have a social insurance number. You should go get one. And I'm like, okay. So if it's so serious, if I go and get one, will I get in trouble for getting a social security number or insurance number, whatever it's called, social security number. Social security there, social insurance here. Here, yeah. 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 They're, they're secure. Here, we're insured. <laughs> One is a lie. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just so weird. Like, the, the idea that as a teenager, you're supposed to be, like, left doing this really complicated thing that just seems so overwhelming that, you know, I probably was just like, whatever. I'll just be an American then. Uh, it's not that important. That's how I felt about scholarships. You know, like, grade mm. 12 was winding down. And yeah. I was talking to the counselor. Says, so, have you applied for all the scholarships? And I said, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> She said, you didn't apply for any scholarships? You're a good student. Yeah. I said, no, but how would I How would yeah. I know this? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it your job to tell me? <laughs> Not now, in June 1st? <laughs> Near the end of everything? 
Yeah. So yeah, so you're just looking for a little guidance when you're a teenager. Yeah. See that's see that's a difference. Like it was with Lisa with the girls with with scholarships. Like she was like, oh, here's a scholarship you should apply for. Here's a scholarship you should apply for. This is something you should do. Like both girls got scholarships when they went to school. Like yeah, it's just so weird. Like my mom and dad were. I mean, like hey, hooray, we had hands off parents. You know, they weren't hovering over us like helicopters. Uh, watching everything we did, which was great, I guess. I did, and they still didn't know <laughs> about the scholarships. But at some point, <laughs> you know, at some point, you have to like kind of take the reins and like give your kids a bit of help, especially teenagers, because teenagers we have no sense of time. No, or the world—it's infinite. Yeah. Life is infinite. Yeah. I'm here forever, man. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't need to what phone the school and make and apply for classes. I'll do that. August 29th or something, you know. Yeah, that's, there's plenty of time. It's funny because I had the opposite. Uh, Expo 86 mm. uh, was going to happen. Yeah. And we were all excited in the Dedrick house for it. <laughs> in my household, too. I wasn't excited, but they were. I was too punk rock cool for that kind of stuff. Right. But... And I was just a little bit younger than you. And so I just thought, this sounds great. <laughs> what is this? Yes, <laughs> I'm in. Whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And uh, Dad said, you should get a job down there. Mm. And I was young enough that I thought, that sounds like a good idea. That's not a, it would have been an awful idea. I had a job down there. Did you? Yeah, I worked in the parking lot. Around. Well, there you go. Yeah. But. Which I didn't. I went with a friend and applied because she was applying. And then they phoned her and she said, no, thanks. And they phoned me and I was like, yeah. <laughs> well, here's how my story goes out. I, they say, hey, we'll go apply. I think we had to come out to Langley to apply. Oh, really? Why do I think it was? Isn't that funny? It was this 80s-ish building with lots of glass. Okay. That sounds like everywhere in Vancouver. So. <laughs> no, I think it was out here, though. Anyway. Oh, uh, and so I had to get a yeah. social insurance number. Wait, was it the glass maze of the p and <laughs> It was the glass. No wonder. <laughs> See, they never called me back. I didn't get it, even an interview. You couldn't the find them. Maze. You couldn't find them. I should have realized it when I had to leave on the bumper car. <laughs> it's never going to work out. But I have a history of this. So anyway, so I, mom and dad made me get a social insurance number because yeah. I was going to apply for work. And as I said, I didn't even get a sniff. I didn't even get a call oh. Oh, no. to come in for an interview. Years later, a buddy of mine says, hey, you know where you got to work? You like doing nothing? <laughs> yeah. I said, I love doing nothing. Yeah. He says, come down, get a job at the post office. Okay. Put in your headphones, you stand there at your little desk and you sort mail. Mm. He had worked at the post office for yeah. years, had yeah. worked his way up to a delivery guy, oh, okay. a postie, sure. as they call themselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and then he had quit that to become a animator in the animation class that I met him in. Okay, okay. And then, of course, we turned out... What that, a sucker. Yeah, we were not animators. Yeah. We were not layout artists. Mm. We were... In-betweeners? <laughs> we, well, it was sold to us as, you're going to be an animator. Uh-huh. And it turned out that it was not that. It was layout for animators. Okay. So already you find out about that. Then you say, if you were an animator, you have to work a long time to be the animator. Mm -hmm. You would be an in-betweener. Mm. And, you know, once you've drawn the same skunk 80 times, you're already <laughs> like, oh, I see why not everybody. Yeah. I see why the cartoons are fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to sure. be a special yeah. breed to do it. <laughs> anyway. After we found that out, he said, hey, you want to do nothing? Come work at the post office. Mm. And so me and another guy, we went and he reapplied and he got hired because yeah. he yeah. was in. Yeah, he was experienced. The other guy got a call. Mm. Again, I didn't even get... Nothing. I don't even know if my social insurance number works. <laughs> You're like me. You're just a bad interview. I guess. I didn't even get the interview. I'm oh, a you didn't bad, get the interview. I'm a bad pre-interview. Oh, you bad... I'm a bad resume. Oh, man. Um, but they did at least get me 
the social. Mm-hmm. Now, for you to work at Expo, then you had to have a Canadian social number. I do have a. I do have my Canadian social insurance number. But that and it oh, is. But but with that, you can't get the passport because you're not a Canadian citizen. I'm not a Canadian citizen. I'm a landed immigrant. So you can go get an American passport. They'll take my taxes. They'll take your taxes. Sure. But they won't let me in the consulate. Taxation without representation. Right? <laughs> it's my choice, so obviously. Well. You say that now, but uh, but your mom, for her to say that you should have done that as a teen, can mm. you not do it any time? Is there a time I limit? Do, yeah, I think there was like a window where you could get like a full on dual citizenship. Oh, because uh, America really does not like people getting dual citizenship. So often, if you apply for your, say, if I applied for a Canadian citizenship, uh, my American one would lapse. They would it would have a time limit to it. Okay, this is funny because James John Jean, uh, what's his name? John Oliver. I mean, they do change it over time, of course. So mm-hmm. there may might be a different rule now. I don't know. John Oliver of uh, TV fame. Fame. Yeah. He recently became an American citizen. What a traitor! <laughs> and uh, and he was on Stephen Colbert. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Stephen Colbert seems really kind of loosey-goosey and liberal, but sometimes he sort of pulls in, he's a little bit more conservative. He gets a little Catholic. He gets a little Catholic sometimes, but yeah. sometimes he gets a little American oh, conservative, okay. I find. Okay. Like, just a little bit more. So the than... whole Colbert thing wasn't like a, Colbert <laughs> rapport a... was not like a put-on. It was not a, a really, put on, yeah. yeah, not a complete put-on. So <laughs> part of it was him. Oh, that makes sense, though. That makes yeah. sense. If you're going to play that character, you have to have a bit of it in you. I would think so. And so his nationalism came out in the fact that uh, John Oliver, as a British citizen, yeah. is now an American citizen. Mm. And he says, so do the Americans make you give up your British citizen? He says, no. And that rankled <laughs> Stephen Colbert. You okay. can tell just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Because he had a story that there was an old family member. Yeah. Like uh, 200 years ago, 100 years ago, sure. 150 years ago. <laughs> make up your mind. And they, they were... He was made to give up whatever his citizenship sure. was. Yeah, yeah. He says, no, you have to choose a lane. And <laughs> yeah. of course, John Oliver was very much, oh, no, you don't have to. Yeah. You can do this. Now, is, but he's older than you. or John Oliver? Yeah, or the same age, or is he younger think he's, than us? I think he'd be younger than me. We don't know anything about age We anymore. don't know anything about You and I are just kids, so therefore he's a man <laughs> with a job. But no, he could actually be 43. And yeah. we'd be like, oh. Yeah, nice, uh, nice for you. <laughs> But he was able to apply for a citizenship. Mm, mm-hmm. What if you... Well, that... I mean, I could apply for Canadian citizenship. I just don't know what the ramifications would be for my never-used American citizenship. Like, I've never lived in the States because I find it rather scary. The whole idea of the States is scary to me. But you lived there briefly. <laughs> well, yes, as a baby. And I was perfectly comfortable. I was quite relaxed. Although, apparently, I was being slowly starved to death by my mom, who wasn't producing enough milk for me. Oh, that's right. Okay. So... My squalling is probably part of the reason that they returned to Canada. You know what the hell to do with me? Wet nurses. Uh, <laughs> she should have hired a wet nurse. Right. So you would give that up. Now, can you vote in the states? No, because I don't have a social insurance number. Because you don't have the social number or social security number. I mean. Social security. So if you were able to go down and you were able to get it, then you could do that. Yeah. So I could have. So I could have no taxation but representation, since I don't pay taxes in the states because yeah. I don't make money there. Now, yeah, it's all... when American actors mm. come up to Canada, yeah. I think Canadians take taxes from them. Because they're working here. Because they're working yes. here. But I think Americans take taxes from them because... It's their income. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. And I don't know how it works. I don't know how it works either. Because I believe that that happens. But of course, you can't take the full lot. So at the end, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you pay taxes. I don't really know how... Yeah, I don't know how it works, to be honest with you. Well, I'm not a, I'm not an accountant. I don't know if you... 
<laughs> so please put your tax taxes away. Like, I don't know why you brought all this receipts all and stuff like that. Sorry. I'm not going to sort them for you. I was led to believe that when Ian is away, you do taxes. <laughs> the bookkeeper will play. Yeah, that's a famous expression. Anyway, start the show. <laughs> oh, I thought we did. I thought we did. You were, you were. So you've lost all your energy. You were going to pep it up. No, no. I, You're going to be all peppy. As, as... It's funny. Speaking of pep, I don't know if okay. this will play. I'm going to do a thing here. Okay. I, I brought a clip. Oh, okay. <laughs> and only because it makes me laugh. Okay. I don't know if you ever do this. Hmm. Do you ever listen to a Sneaky Dragon podcast? I, well, I do when I when I go do my um, show summaries. <laughs> I, I listen to it in three-minute increments. I'm always delighted. And so I was listening to this one earlier because okay. I wanted to hear what you guys were talking about last week. Oh, uh, okay. It's funny. Sometimes I look at the synopsis mm. of what you guys talked about the week before. Yeah. And I thought, I would have talked about that stuff. <laughs> What are they asking me about dance crazes? I don't know anything about dance crazes. I come on the show. Well, what's your cleaning techniques? I don't have any cleaning techniques. But you were talking about Disney shorts last week. We were. Yeah, I know. I saw it in the blur. Yeah. But sometimes it's. Uh... Well, you're welcome to. If you have any thoughts on it, you're always welcome. It's not like it's a closed topic now that I we know. like. We go, we'll not. never talk about this again. <laughs> I know, but I always sort of feel like it is. Mm, that's what you're wrong. I know. Get but over I still the, feel like get it. over yourself. I, uh, so anyway, you got a clip. I like to play your podcast mm. and other people's podcast on the half speed because everybody sounds so great on half speed. <laughs> okay. You mean on double speed? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Half speed. Oh. Now, I don't know if uh, if it's going to be loud enough. Just hold it up to the mic. It'll be fine. Because I'm going to say there was, there was one that uh, I, I, I did door-to-door work as well yeah. one day. Uh, but I had another uh, friend of mine who uh, he would get together with his boss. Okay. And Can I just? I just have one question for you. What is your What is your fascination with Foster Brooks? <laughs> it is. It's, it's a secret fascination with Foster Brooks. There's, oh. there's something kind of drunken sounding about it. That's. It is. It's just great. And there's two guys. And everything sounds like it's kind of painful. And very hard to say. And I listened until you talked about Darth Vader. He was he wasn't he wasn't Hitler. There's two guys at a bar really late at night. I, I enjoyed it so much. Oh I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. I recommend it. So you you are you're a fan of Disney, right? Yeah. You know the name of all three of the birds in uh, Three Amigos. Right? I do. Because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. Oh. We knew Donald Duck. Donald Duck, yeah, and Panchito. Panchito. Yeah, isn't it Panchito? Panchito. And also uh, Pancho, but like a diminutive, because Ito is a makes it small, like so oh. it's little Pancho. I, I know characters. I don't know Spanish. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> So he's Pancho, not yeah. Panchito. He's Pancho. But he's Panchito because he's little Pancho. No, you're yeah. probably right. He's probably Pancho. Oh. Oh, okay, anyway. <laughs> and the other guy is uh, Jose. Jose, okay. Jose Carioca. Jose Carioca. Yeah. And so he would be the the Brazilian one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Brazilian. And so it's the not Mexican. Jose. It would be, be Jose. Jose. Maybe, yeah. Although yeah. I think he says Jose. I don't Does know. he say Jose? Well, they don't know what they're, they don't know what they're doing. It's been a while since I watched it. I love the three cowboys. Isn't it weird how popular South America was for a brief time? in america and i don't know why it was was it because all the nazis are moving i tell in? you why in three please don't 
tell me like that. What? Uh... Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I know a little bit about the. Uh, there was a a, a push uh, um, right after the Second World War. I mm. think they were concerned that it was all going to fall to oh, communism yeah. Yeah. or yeah, yeah, Nazis yeah. or <laughs> or sure, whoever sure. they were still worried about. I think it was a big push on the Americans' part to get people to invest and to yeah. to travel and to do a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that Walt was encouraged to do, because he did Saludos Amigos yeah. and the Three Caballeros. Yeah. And there's a documentary, I think, on, on Disney Plus called uh, Walt and El Grupo or something like oh, that. Oh, okay, okay. And it's a documentary about them doing their big PR trip to South America, oh. which I think was... All that sounds interesting. Propaganda to say, don't don't do what don't do what Europe did. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Do... <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So lots of South American stuff, and then because uh... there's like flying down to Rio and like lots of other ones like that where they're in going to Brazil and and uh... should we count only angels have wings as part of that <laughs> since they're like in a South American unnamed country. With their weird flying business. You know that movie? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, it's a good movie. Howard Hawks directed it. Yeah. Who's in it? Gene Arthur. and I. Th- the Singing Cowboy. And I think Cary Grant is in it. B. Arthur. Gene Arthur. <laughs> yeah. Gene yeah. Arthur, Cary Grant, and who else? Humphrey Bogart? I don't think Humphrey Bogart's in it. Oh. Didn't he do one where he's a truck driver in South America hauling stuff through the mountains? Oh, that's a good one. That's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like an early version of, of um, well, they have the, the French French one, but then Sorcerer, the William Friedkin remake of uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does two of those because they do. They he did. They drive by night as well, which is an Amer- like a American based. Is that the one? They're smugglers or something. I thought I saw. I thought they drive by night was the one where they're where they're getting the fruit. Wasn't it when they're getting the, what the fruit? Okay, <laughs> and they had to get to get into San Francisco at a certain amount of time. <laughs> yeah, so like, like a speed smoking the bandit. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like kind of like that movie with the guy in the in the Challenger. <laughs> Vanishing point, but this was uh, in fruit with fruit trucks. No, there was a guy. Was this, was this advertising fruit or truck farming? <laughs> was this like a big push for truck farming as the newest, the new thing that? This guy comes back from the serving in the military. He's been he visited some friends. Yeah, and he got drafted. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Has now fought. Yeah, yeah. He comes back. Comes back. And there's a, his father or somebody. I think it's is injured. He can't drive the truck anymore. Mm, yeah. And it turns out that it's something hurt bad. His, hurt his gas foot. <laughs> Yes, and he got ripped off somehow on his fruit in San Francisco by a shady fruit Fruit dealer. Fruit dealer, okay. Gangland fruit dealer. This is not ringing a bell, but maybe (laughs) maybe it's not. I thought this was they drive by night. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm confused. Anyway, he says he's going to take the stuff and he's going to get the right price. And yeah. there's, a, there's a him and his partner, and they each have a truck, and one's all beat up. Mm. There's bad guys involved. There's sort of that end up being kind of good. <laughs> But I thought that was they drive by night. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was. it's not. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm confused. Maybe I'm mixing it up with the the South American one. Maybe it's Thunder Road. That's right. <laughs> Moonshine. <laughs> Moonshine. That's what the fruit is. <laughs> it's fruit liquor. I don't know that one. It's funny. I was thinking about truck farming a little while because I was what? It's a. It was a short on Mystery Science Theater three thousand one time. Sometimes some shows they would because the movie would be too short. They would do a little. Uh, they'd have a, a a hearty laugh at an old industrial film. It might be something like you know. You know, being polite to your parents. Yes. You know, fun with Adams. Fun with. <laughs> uh, why you should why you should have dinner with your family? Just weird things like that, and it would make, they would make fun of it. And I'd be watching, going, "Hey, you should have fun with your. You should have dinner with your family. What is this?" But anyway, <laughs> um, but they had one which was like on truck farming, and I was talking about like this is the future of farming. Is like farmers will grow their fruit or vegetables or whatever, then trucks will come to the farm, 
get loaded up and then take it to the city for so people so it can get shipped out to to you know grocery stores and Isn't stuff that like that. What happens? Well, I guess it didn't happen before this was decided. Well, how'd they get it? Well, they didn't. <laughs> that's that's the thing. This is what was exciting. Either you got canned versions of it. Oh, okay. Right? Like you got canned peas or whatever. <laughs> right. okay. But you wouldn't get that much fresh fruit and things. You get canned fruits and whatnot. The chickens? <laughs> I think that was the dog getting let out upstairs. Um, I see. Yeah, I always forget that actually modern supermarkets, even though they've been around for several years, mm-hmm. are really quite modern still, right? Well, yeah. Like yeah, there's, I didn't it, think that. So two, <laughs> two things on that. One is, like, before World War II, there were no highways in Canada or the United States. These are post-war construction projects that changed like the face of both countries you know, right. that's the creation of suburbia and stuff like that but also created like an interlacing road work a roadway of all these you know ways for people to get around in trucks and stuff so you could have truck farming as a, as a thing. <laughs> it was really truck farming not but, the military yeah it's not to move troops quickly around that's, that's just a yeah, coincidence let's not get too crazy <laughs> through black helicopters in the your un world world government <laughs> and i was going to say another thing about it and i can't remember what i was going to say oh i'm sorry that's okay. Yeah, I interrupted. I'm trying to be uh, <laughs> entertaining. You're, well, you're, yeah, that's fine. I should be used to being interrupted by this point, but I often do get off topic and then that's fine. But uh, yeah, no, I was going to say two things about it and I can't remember what this. Well, we can go back to was. truck farming. I thought when you first said truck farming that you were, they were going to try to get the farmers to actually grow the vegetables right on the truck. Oh, right on the truck. <laughs> and so yeah, the yeah. tomatoes are ready. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go. And I'm not sure what made this such an attractive thing to make fun of to Mystery Science Theater 3000. Like, it just seemed like, you know, just like, you know, you're kind of watching it. It's like, well, I guess, I guess that's good that they're, they have like this new avenue, you know. Is this one of the newer ones? Like the new incarnation of? No, no, this was like the old, the old old one. Yeah, yeah, the classic. Uh, Before we get off topic again from another thing, though, (laughs) because we're, I just only barely remembered because of the black helicopters. Yeah. (laughs) Did you ever get a? Do you have a passport? Are you a man of a country? I I have my. Well, I always have a passport because I have my American passport, and that was oh, that's in the hotel. It, it was safe. Right. It was your landed immigrant status. But my PR card, I am in the midst of applying Permanent for resident. it. So um, I'm. I should. I should know about it sometime. They say the old place is haunted. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if people can hear that, but yeah, that's our, my, our that's Albert, our dog Albert. Also, around. doesn't have a social security number. Because when this roof started leaking many many years ago, mm-hmm. I had to take out all of the all the insulation, uh, and and despite the fact that it was many many years ago, I have never gone to the trouble of putting it back in again. You can see the walls are insulated because I did I insulated all the walls, but I have not gone gotten back to doing the. Uh, it's a bird. Oh, is, <laughs> yeah, they're licking the feeder over there. There's a chickadees. Chickadee dee dee. We know what that call is. <laughs> I. Uh... Um, uh, when were you in Paris? Well, I went with Ian uh, and Pia. They got invited to a festival in in Belgium. Recently? Yeah, this was last in October. Oh, okay. And so Ian said, hey, you should come and we'll go to the Hergé Museum together. And so we did. It's pronounced and Herge. I, and I won't go into mentioning because everyone who listens to the show knows the story. Obviously, Jason's not up to not up to what's I'm on episode happening. four. What, what, what happens next? <laughs> so you got four episodes in, you're just like, ugh, en- enough of this garbage. I get it. They watch movies. <laughs> and talk about it. Ugh. I guess you can say that about any podcast, really. Oh, I get it. They solve murders. Oh, okay. And so that was on that trip that you lost your wallet. Yeah, we were in Paris. So we, we spent some time in Belgium. And then for whatever reason, we went to Paris. And yeah, my wallet was stolen on the metro. 
By a pickpocket? By a by a team of pickpockets. Yeah. Wow. So there was a distractor, and then there was the the pickpocketer, and I don't know if there's a person they pass it to or how it all works. And uh, this terrifies me because. Well, don't be an idiot and put your wallet in your back pocket. I always keep it on your person, and also you can pretty much pay for everything by tap on your phone if you have your phone set up. Right. And if I had done that, I wouldn't have had this problem because I always keep my phone in my front pocket. But I keep like all Canadians, all good Canadians. Uh, except for those weirdos who have like chains in their wallets or something. We keep our wallet in our back pocket. That's right. just like, that's what we do. And you wear those hammer pants. And then, well, you know, I'm always losing weight. Johnny sweats. So, yeah. So I just, we just had, we'd actually met uh, one of our listeners at a cafe in Paris and had a nice conversation. And then we were leaving and I paid. And then I just sort of, un- without thinking about it, just slipped my wallet into my back pocket. And I was aware of it enough that I was like, oh, I better move it into my backpack. You loudly said, I got all these euros in here. <laughs> I had no money. I had no euros in my oh. wallet. I was just paying by credit card everywhere I went. So once that was once my wallet was stolen, I was kind of hooped, except I had um, a credit card on my phone. Uh, I had a credit card app on my phone. And I was able to use that credit card because I could freeze it when I wasn't using it. And then I could unfreeze it to use it quickly. And then I would refreeze it. So then no one else could use it. Yeah. But I imagine that credit cards, they don't try to use your credit card in that way anyway. I think they just sell the credit card on to like some other nefarious group of people mm, who, then, do. who then use it. I don't know if you saw Emily the Criminal, the movie with um, Aubrey Plaza. I did not. It's a very good movie. And in the film, she's kind of like a just a struggling human being trying to get through life. But she has a criminal record, so it's very hard for her to get ahead. And she ends up kind of getting roped into this team of people who go into like, will go into, say, a Best Buy. And they'll use uh, credit cards, I guess stolen credit cards to buy things and then they'll bring it back to the place and then there's some kind of thing they do or whatever. I wasn't too clear on it all. But yeah, so there's it all, you know, so she gets involved. And then, and so I imagine that's what these credit cards just get sold on to some group of people. Or maybe these guys do it, but I doubt it. I doubt if you're pickpockets that you're also involved with credit card stuff. So you just know that they have this value and you can sell it to someone else because they have a value to it. And if you pick enough pockets, then you can... And it was by a train station. It was by a uh, Gare... Garelay, so oh, Eastern Gare Station. Oh, Nord is the one to go to. Yeah, Gare <laughs> Nord is popular. But that wasn't there. I know there. Gares. Okay, I'm glad you know them. But this one, yeah. I mean, I think at any one you'd have this trouble because this is where these guys are going to be preying on people because they know that people are tired getting off planes or you know coming off the train. Oh, yeah. and, and you're liable to either show where it is by you doing something or yeah. you're just already even more distracted. Yeah, and I was like so like just like prime target because I had put it in my back pocket, which is obviously an easy place to steal it from. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that was it. And obviously you didn't feel it go at all or do you think you felt it go? No, I didn't feel it go at all. I, I knew it was getting pickpocketed. Because uh, this guy got in front of me and he was like dodging back and forth as, and I was trying to go around him. And first you're like just reacting to this. And then I realized, oh my God, I'm getting pickpocketed. But, but I felt my back pocket. It was gone. And, uh, so, and so I was it, the guy in front of you. I know. Uh, I made a big fuss. Oh, you did? Yeah. You should listen to the show. It's pretty good. Okay. I have this a full, is the last episode or this is an October episode? Uh, this is an October episode. We we recorded in, in Paris. Oh my gosh. So it's fresh. I'm still like hurting from it. You can hear the tears welling up around my eyes. So how did you make a fuss in a nutshell? Did you knee him right in the crotch and drop him right there? (laughs) No, I I just prevented the train from leaving the station and demanded that he return my wallet. But he didn't have it, of course. Right. You know, there's nothing you can do at that point. The other other culprit is long gone. So it was shitty because we were just going from this nice meal to go and uh, do some shopping through some used, um, you know, band stores in a part of Paris. And when we got there, Ian was kind enough to lend me some money to buy some stuff. So that was very nice of him. Uh, because the one place I went to where I found some stuff I really wanted, 
they did not take chip there oh. and they wouldn't do tap. <laughs> so I couldn't, I couldn't uh, do my, my card. And so really the, the hassle of it, of course, was the ID going. I mean, the yeah. credit cards are bad. Yeah, my driver's license. So that's like, you know, whatever, whatever it costs to get a new driver's license. And then, and then, you know, when we were there, you have to phone and, and you know, cancel your credit cards, cancel your bank card. Uh, let, you know, just let them know that it's been stolen. Um, I, like I say, I didn't let the one know that it had been stolen. I just put it, I just froze it. Mm-hmm. When I realized I could do that, I just froze it. And then I just pretended I still had it. <laughs> yeah. Because I just felt it was safe enough being frozen. It was not usable by anyone. No one could buy anything, you know, on it. Yeah. And it beats you. So you have no credit card. And I had nothing. Yeah. I would have no money. I couldn't pay for meals. I couldn't pay for anything by the point. Completely helpless. You know, luckily enough, I'd, I'd bought a, I'd bought a pass, like a Metro pass and stuff like that. So I had like transportation and things. But yeah, I just, uh. We were in Rome. And well, we were, la-di-da. I know, right? And not to one-up you, but I was in Rome. <laughs> or drafted. As we, or as we call it, Roma. <laughs> Staying with friends. Yeah. And I ended up in the Italian army. But, <laughs> Suddenly um, it was a carabinieri. Uh, we had checked into the hotel and I said, yeah. tonight I want to go down to the Trevi Fountain. Mm. And I'd read some books and I knew how to get sure, there. And you're sure. going to march there. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. just going to go like, you know, because the scooters are going to try to hit you and cars are going to try to hit you. And they won't hit you, but they're going to get close. Sure, Be sure. prepared to almost get hit. Yes. And I was like, okay, I can do that. Is that what I told you? Yeah. I, I don't know if it was very good advice. You had the Rick, Rick Steves guide or something you're reading? <laughs> yeah. He actually has good advice. He was the one who told me, he's the one who described what would happen if you got pickpocketed. Mm. And when it was happening to me, I was like, oh, I read about this. <laughs> It's too late now. There you go. Well, Rick Steve said, watch out when you buy the Trevi Fountain because the pickpockets are rampant there. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because everybody pushes down mm. and it's just a perfect opportunity sure, for some. Sure, sure. And, it's, you know, it's little kids and, mm. and there was even videos. You can watch countless YouTube videos of just people working the crowd. Yeah. Like, shouldn't you help these people? <laughs> that old Sam Kinison bit about the, I think it was Sam Kinison. Yeah. They were talking about people, uh, you know, filming the starving Ethiopians. Mm-hmm. It's like, why don't you give the kid a sandwich and yeah. put the camera We're down? documentarians. <laughs> You're not supposed to interfere. You're not supposed to interfere. So you yeah. Give the kid it's like a we sandwich. don't stop the walruses from falling down a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> not our job. Also, do you know how big walruses are? <laughs> That's right. You don't want to get near a walrus. <laughs> Freaking <Yeah>. crazy. <laughs> Tusks and ginormous. Like, yeah, why did you go and stop that elephant from standing in the road? I don't know. Because it's an elephant. But anyway... So you see all this. And so I was aware of it. And so as soon as I got there, I was, you know, you're looking at the thing, but I sort of eyeballed the crowd and I saw a guy sort of give me the once over. And so I sort of, I put my hands in my pockets and I was Mr. You know, like a, like a <laughs> nervous teen, like Jason Dedrick, 15 years old downtown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? It's better complexion. Just everything in pockets, everything in the front pockets. <laughs> I had bought a shirt that had like a, that had a, a zipper. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was. Wow. Pretty new, pretty new wave. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it looked like, like a Romulan. A flock of seagulls. <laughs> yeah, I didn't need to do that with my hair. As it turned out. <laughs> so, yeah, I was just aware of, of it at that time. Yeah. And then for the rest of the trip, I sort of had stuff, you know, I, like I didn't want to be the guy with the money belt. Mm. But I had a money belt, so I tucked <laughs> things in. That's a smart, it's smart. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good way to travel. And I, I had a back, I had a backpack and, you know, I had like a, a pocket that sits against your back. So it's pretty much impossible for someone to get into that. And it, so it was really a safe way to, to do it. But it's just, you know, it's, it's on me. Yeah, well, it's on me. Like, that's the thing. Right? That's a, that's the other part that's terrible, right? Like, if it happened, like, despite all of your precautions, you could, you know, then you could be really mad at them. But when it happens because you're a ding dong, <laughs> then it's on you. And then you feel, I mean, it's on them and on me, you know, like, of course, she, people shouldn't steal. 
but you know, people's lives are hard or whatever. <laughs> this is the point I'm at now. Like I'm, I'm like at the time when it happened, I, you know, I would be lying in bed at night in beautiful Paris, the city of lights, dreaming of murdering someone or visualizing it, you know, just like, Oh man, I wish, wish when that happened, I'd taken that guy's head and <laughs> drove it into a pole, <laughs> whatever, you know, like this is those kind of yeah. things, you know, when he pulled his pants down on the stairs, I wish I just grabbed him by his shirt and pulled him down the stairs. Just whatever. Whatever kind of weird... Because he did. He pulled his pants down to show that he didn't have my wallet. And it was like uh, a perfect perfect opportunity to either like <laughs> kick him or just grab him and throw him down the stairs because he's uh, 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 he defenseless. I'll take his wallet. <laughs> but... Now it's not the City of Lights. It's the City of Light Fingered. Yes, the City of Light Fingered people. I still love Paris. I love... I, I want to go back again, but uh, I'll just be less of a dum-dum. Hopefully. But there's, you know what? I won't learn one thing in my life, which is that I have found endless ways to be dumb. Mm. It's endless. Like there's like, I have never not found a way to be stupid. <laughs> if a situation presents itself where it's possible for me to like make a dumb mistake or make the wrong decision. You better or... move those books. <laughs> I'm beginning to worry about them. <laughs> this is a good example. <laughs> this towering stack. I mean, it's not, okay. Yes. The stack is six feet tall of books. Part of it is a bookshelf, though. This is true. It's really only a further four feet, would you say? I would say about three feet. Three and a half feet, maybe? Yeah. Of books on top of it, yeah. It is it is very impressive, if you could see it. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. it makes me want to ask a Tintin question. Oh, sure. Just a really brief one, because I yeah, know yeah. that you've had, you have a very... Yeah. And we did a Tintin series. podcast about us going to the museum as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Because it was a beautiful museum. If, you're ever, if you're ever nearby, you should go. I would go. Yeah, it's beautiful. I... Uh, I don't know why it, what I was looking at on Amazon just last week. Okay. And then suddenly, uh, oh, I know what it was. Because uh, the uh, PlayStation is going to have that Tintin game. Oh, I didn't know this. It comes out at Christmas time. Is it Tintin on the Moon? It's uh, Cigars of the Pharaoh. Oh, yeah. Okay. I did sort of hear about this. And I saw the trailer and it looks, well, I'm going to buy it and I will play it. <laughs> I wanted him to look a little bit more cartoony. Yeah. And less like. Oh, the computer the, the CGI movie. one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think I'll still go along with it. Mm. So anyway, I wanted to see when it was going to be released. So yeah. I went to Amazon and they said number 31st for Christmas. That's weird. Weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> for Ukrainian Christmas. That's right. They're supporting the Ukraine. <laughs> You don't like Epiphany? What's the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, oh, there must have been a related thing that there was a box set of the paperback Tintins. Okay. And I have a number of them. Mm. I don't know what that number is. Sure. Eight? Twelve? I forget how many there is in total. Twenty-three? Twenty-four? I can't. Yeah, something like that. And so uh, they're in storage somewhere. And I would rather just buy them again than go look. Oh, really? I, I covered. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so uh, there was a box set. Of course, it has everything except for Tintin in the Congo. Yes, the not, not, no one likes that one. Yeah. I, I had to, the first time I went to Paris, I made a special point of going and buying Tintin O Congo and Tintin and Elf Art, which are both only available in French, of course, but they weren't available here. Right. Elf Art is the one that was complete. That might have been in there because I do have like a paperback version of that now. But it's, I it's think a, it was in the list. Yes. It's, an un, yeah. it's, a, it's an incomplete one. Okay. But um, yeah, and I had tinted in the Congo, and I left it at a friend's house mm. that I'm not a friend with anymore. Yeah, and so I sort of feel like uh, mm. I haven't talked to him for like 20 years. I'm okay, like, hey, you remember, you remember that tinted in the Congo? Say <laughs> yeah. so, why? You wanted to look at the racist pictures? <laughs> no, I just, I'm a bit of a completist. Yeah, and I'm a bit of a completist too. And uh, I, I have the French version of it here. These are only the French ones. Right. I have my English ones in the house. Ah, there you go. Where it's dry. <laughs> Where it's well. <laughs> Sort of. That's a bit of a so mess. immediately. Well, once I saw that wasn't in there, I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I want it." 
And so then I was snooping more. And so there was another set that came out a few years earlier that was the complete, but it was small. Yes. Have you seen this? Yeah, that's kind of a weird one. Have you actually looked? You don't have it, do you? I don't have it, no. Have you looked at it, though? Were you ever? Yeah. Okay. It's like, I don't know. I, to me, personally, I would rather have make them have them like go bigger. Yes, if anything, right? Yeah, like I would like a bigger <laughs> one. Not a, why are you going so small, guys? But okay. yeah, they have, I have a, it's in the house, um, in packed away right now because you know why we had a house we had a flood in our basement mm-hmm. so um the one the one uh i don't know if they erected or what happened but they one of my shelves that i built is, is gone and, and and they built a new one in its place but they built it wrong oh and so i have to replace the shelves so stuff doesn't fit right in it Do you have yeah the shelves don't yeah because they didn't sizes. they didn't realize i guess they measured the shelf width and built the sh- the shelf built the cabinet to that size but when you you're forgetting that I use pins, so you need space on either side of the shelf for the pins. Pins, so you need like another, and so basically it's 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 like two inches too narrow. Oh, the whole thing. So I've got to redo it. Oops, <laughs> yeah, idiots. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you said that because the the it's much cheaper than the complete mm. full size. Yeah, yeah. But it looked like it was hardcover. Yeah. I thought this was going to be neat, but they said people said no, no, no. The artwork doesn't isn't as neat. Yeah, and of course the print is neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you read it with a like, magnifying. What's, what's the point? We're old. Like I needed to be. In, yeah, that's part of why I want it bigger. Excellent. Well, my job here is done. <laughs> you can... Tune in next week. <laughs> Ian Booth will be back. <laughs> Real conversations, not this fake conversation that we're having. Yeah, not this nonsense that I bring to the show. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you about if you saw Strange World. I did see Strange World. What do you think of it? Um, I'd forgotten that I'd seen Strange World okay. until you asked me, so I don't so, think I thought that much of okay. it. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Um, That's where Pixar is now. Uh, yeah, they've they've slid a little bit. I think Pixar might still be a little bit more inventive or unique, maybe with what they're going to try to do. Yeah. Um, the uh, some part of it felt to me a little bit like how I felt after seeing Atlantis years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. When I sort of had an idea in my head that you would use animation because you couldn't do it in live action. Yeah. Or it wouldn't be convincing mm-hmm. in a live action sort of scenario. Yeah. And so by completely animating it, you you have unlimited. Yeah, your talking puppet is fine yeah. because everybody else is a cartoon. You don't have to do anything weird with it. Mm-hmm. And Atlantis felt to me at the time like if you tried a little harder, this could have been a live action and you wouldn't have had to do this. And I think it would have been <laughs> just fine. <laughs> yeah, more interesting. So yeah, it almost maybe Treasure Planet. I might have thought that too. Mm. It's been. I, I've, I've never just, seen Treasure Planet. It's. I don't even know if I've seen Atlantis actually. Well, I got them on DVD if you ever. I'll bring them over next. I have time. Disney Plus. I imagine oh, they're available. Plus. You can watch it anytime you want, yeah. and you'll still like. Mm. <laughs> and so that. This... I've never seen the Black Cauldron either. So. Oh, do I have the Black Cauldron? Oh, I have Disney Plus. So yeah. I have... Yeah, you have, you have the Black. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so part of me felt a little bit like that when you have when you have a lot of human characters doing mm. a human thing and yeah. you meet aliens. Mm. You could have made that into a live action thing, I think. Yeah. So then they put in the Disney heart or what they think the Disney heart is, yeah. right? The family, this family's getting back together. Yeah. He's got the son and the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I'm trying to remember. I think I enjoyed it more than you, actually, <laughs> listening to you talk about it, which is fine. I mean, if you didn't enjoy it, that's fine. But No, I did enjoy it. But I've just, the, the, we're at that stage in the world now where you're layering all sorts of stuff onto it. It has to meet all of these other things. Mm-hmm. And then when it turns out to be, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but it turns out to be a thing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, okay. Oh. I, I see. Okay, I'll just say I like that. Yeah. I like that the mystery wasn't obvious. 
Okay. And the movie unfolded naturally in the telling of the movie. There wasn't like a sense of like, oh, we have a mystery to solve or whatever. It just, you know, we're in a strange world. What is this? What is it? We're exploring it. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And bit by bit, they kind of discover what's happening. But yeah, I agree with you that there is a, there's a certain like kind of expectation now of certain content for every movie and everything that you see. Fine. It doesn't really bother me. Yeah, it's, it's not. It doesn't. I don't see. I don't want to. It doesn't bother me either. But it's when it's. I'm aware of it. Though. Yeah, yeah. So it's just that extra. Yeah, awareness. it feels like. Yeah, you're just kind of like. Oh, you're just doing this because you're expected to. <laughs> yes, it's, you don't care. It's you're French, Disney. What do you care? <laughs> the French packaging on the, everything. It's, it's yeah. oh, because we gotta. It would be better. <laughs> I know, but I know, but I. And yeah. it, but I have to be careful because, yeah. uh, as I've told you before, I'm easily swayed. And if you want me to really like this movie, yeah, I'm gonna, it's probably the best Disney movie of the last twenty. <laughs> well, I didn't say that. I do. I do think that Pixar has slipped, and I wonder. And I know he was an inappropriate hugger. Yes. And had to be canceled. But I just wonder if John Lasseter really was like the heart of Pixar. You know, like he was the person. Like you think of like when they had the disaster with not it wasn't really a disaster but you know they hit they hitched a wagon to disney and they had to because without disney's money they couldn't have bought the computer systems they needed to make movies to make like those first six or seven that they did under the yeah yeah, yeah. because they just yeah. didn't have like they needed money i mean like steve jobs is the person who like basically sold them down the river to disney but he didn't do it like in a because he was cruel he did it because you guys want to make a movie you will not be able to make a movie unless you have someone with money to buy you computers to make a movie. So you need to do this. So they did. You know, and for good or bad, obviously, right? Like, it's kind of like Marvel, for good or bad. You've hitched your wagon to this giant money-making machine, and now you can't think in terms of, like, we'll make a movie when we want to, or when we when we have, like, a movie to make. No, no, you're going to make this many movies a year because we year. need money coming in. <laughs> Thanksgiving release. <laughs> we need Star Wars to have this many movies, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, or TV shows now, because obviously the movies didn't work out the way they wanted them to. But, uh... Like, when you think about, like, with um, Toy Story 2, where it was going to be direct-to-video originally, and then Disney's like, no, no, we're going to release it to movies, there were theaters. And then everyone's like, well, we can't, because it's garbage. Like, we just made this for direct-to-video. We didn't care. Like, we didn't put any thought into this. And so then, like, in a weekend, they go to Palm Springs, John Lasseter and some other people, and they, like, hammer out this brand-new script. They go back and they recut what they have shot and add in a few interstitial scenes and stuff like that to make it make sense, to make... And just like create a whole new movie that's a genius. That's a brilliant film. Like yes, number it's two, arguably the best of the it's whole. The best of the yeah. whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just made in a weekend. They hugged it out. <laughs> they hugged it out. <laughs> and then the fact, of course, that it was lost. Yes. That it famously right. was lost. It was and... like the one copy of it on yeah, somebody's yeah. flash drive somewhere, right? Yeah. Like, Can you go get it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Drive slow, but drive fast. <laughs> quick. Yeah, that's the Quick, slow, thing. but slow, but quick. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, it says it's... I should reformat it. Should I click OK? <laughs> what? All right. <laughs> I mean, this is the, that's the problem with digital. I mean, we've had that problem with losing shows here that have just dis- disappeared into the ether because... You should do double taping. I do. <laughs> but behind you, you'll see that I'm also recording this onto Audacity as we speak. The audacity. The audacity of me. But, uh, yeah, it's just... Yeah, well, you might be right. I mean, I never found out. I mean, that was so well handled when you really think about it. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's getting canceled, which I hate that term. Everybody's getting in trouble <laughs> yes. for yeah. for being too whatever, whatever. 
And and so you know this collapses and this collapses this collapses and then it's just quietly yeah John Lass- John Lasseter's not here anymore yeah and then so he says yeah he hugged me just like good 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 <laughs> you met Brad Bird no Brad Bird <laughs> big fella good guy he doesn't he doesn't hug nobody he's a standoffish fella <laughs> he's, really... he's got Aspergers he doesn't yeah. even like to he's remember the guy from Boston Public he's like that so. Boston Legal? Boston Legal. The sequel to Boston Public. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize. <laughs> Boston Common. Yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, I can, I totally, uh, I don't want to defend anybody, so I'm not. But I totally understand, you know, people don't want to be hugged. But I don't yeah. think that John Lasseter, I never got the feeling that John Lasseter was going to make you that, any more <laughs> uncomfortable than. Yeah. Well, they used to force me to kiss Granny Forshaw. <laughs> Should I have sued somebody because I had to kiss this old woman? Like a yes. Sharpay? <laughs> I was terrified. <laughs> terrified. Right? Is that lawsuit material now? Can I sue my mom and dad's estate for wrongful... No, because it's you. You're the estate. <laughs> You're suing yourself. And so I understand that stuff is totally wrong. You don't come out of the bathroom naked. You don't <laughs> lock your door and strip down and rape people. I don't think John Lasseter was raped. Now, maybe he was. I don't know. We don't know the whole story. We don't know the whole, but, but I thought that was handled so nicely, just like, yeah. hey, didn't he do a great job? Yeah, John Lasseter, ladies and gentlemen. John Lasseter. Can we see him one more time? No. The gallery is closed. <laughs> the gallery is closed. Brad Bird will field your questions now. <laughs> Andrew Stanton. Andrew Stanton. And uh, yeah, yeah. I just, it's, it's, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's not just John Lasseter. Other people have gone. Obviously, Brad Bird is gone. Stanton's maybe maybe Stanton's still there. I don't know. Brad Bird isn't gone, is he? He's he's not doing Pixar films, is he still? I mean, I know he did. I know he did. Is he still? I think so. I think oh. he's the keeper of the keys. Oh, I didn't realize that. I think so. Oh, okay. So just Ghost Protocol and uh, Tomorrowland were his one foray into like hu- actual humans being bossed around by yes, him. Yes, and he's the one I think that wants to make the earthquake movie, right? That no one will let him make. He wants to make 1916 or whatever the San Francisco earthquake movie. Oh, okay. Nineteen oh six. Yeah, I don't know. Nineteen oh six. I think you're right. He's got. He wants to do it. They already did it with Spencer Spencer Tracy and uh, and Clark Gable. Uh, they weren't believable. <laughs> what are you saying? Those effects back then weren't they weren't top of the top of them. They probably were top notch at the time. But probably now, were. No, yeah. I think he has a 1906 ready to go. He's going to do incense around. That's the real question. The funny thing is, is the Brad Bird stuff. And again, I don't. I'm. I. I. I bet I could have been. This is me tooting my own horn. If I hadn't been drafted, I. <laughs> I think you, had, I, you felt a cold draft. <laughs> I think I could have been a director of some sort. Mm. I would need guidance. But in some things that I did, yeah. I felt that I kind of did it sort of good. Yeah. Uh, I forget where I was going because I was so busy tooting my own horn. <laughs> uh, You're sort of oh, sort of tooting, but also really pulling back on the tooting of the horn. Because <laughs> I don't want to bother anybody. You don't want to do it loudly. You put a mute into your, into your tootle and you just sort of like... But anyway, so I think it was the, the, the I was going to say that Brad Bird did such a great job on what he did do is that yeah. when he failed in like like I didn't I didn't hate Tomorrowland. I did not like that movie. But I did not like it. Yeah. You you convinced me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go break windows. <laughs> Boo Tomorrowland. <laughs> you know, I because Mike really liked it and he was mm. like, wasn't that great? And I was like, no. <laughs> so I, I probably was you. I'm trying to come in optimistic. <laughs> Because I liked elements. Yeah. I, I liked the idea of it. And I think I kind of liked the message. I didn't like the message. I think that's where I fell off. Where but it really I, fell off for me. Like, it's been a while since I saw those. I don't remember it very well. Because I think the message. Maybe mm. we got the wrong message. Yeah. Please leave a message. <laughs> because the message is playing out, I yeah. think. And that was that humanity ultimately wants to destroy itself. Mm. We have a fascination with it. Yeah. 
we've been blowing ourselves up in, in yeah, it's possible in, in, in yeah. books and movies and radio mm-hmm. and now we loved the pandemic but if, but if, we but... loved this we did this artificial intelligence yeah. stuff in the last couple of days oh please bring on the terminators i want to be stabbed by a blade that comes out of an arm so you don't really but we are we, we love yeah, this we, we, we are feeding on it i'm sure that we're feeding on it but that yeah. message came in right at the end and it came a little preachy mm. and a little heavy-handed and yeah I don't know. It, none, none of it made any sense. And it had a lot of stupid stuff. It's kind of like a lot of stupid. It's kind stuff. of like the John Wick films, where you're like, "Oh, this is kind of cool," and then after a while, you're kind of like, well, "This is really stupid." Yeah. Like, why are there like, you know, these '40s switchboard operators covered in tattoos? Like, what is their purpose? <laughs> like, what is the purpose of this? And why are those ladies typing in a in a outer outer office when someone's getting shot in an inner office? And they're just calmly typing. This Two is, of them. This is a John Wick. Experience? Yeah. Okay. Like, what is the purpose of that? Like, yeah. it's, you know, this is one of those things where you're watching and you're like, okay, it's kind of cool what the Eiffel Tower is like a spaceship or whatever, but... Well, yeah, and that's... See, this, wh- is where, why? this is where I become Captain No Fun. <laughs> and so I'm always afraid to voice my opinion. But it's always like, oh, that's really cool. You know, the, yeah. the, the guy that can do the disbelief. And I say, yeah. no, because it's not. <laughs> Somebody would have looked. You know, I yeah. I can't suspend it enough. Yeah, yeah. Just like, no, I, I've been to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know it's not that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you're going to make me believe that... Yeah, uh, I don't know. And then, yeah, uh, I mean, there were so many dumb elements to it. Mm-hmm. I remember saying to Mike when I was, I was totally against the movie, <laughs> as you've convinced yeah. me now to be. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> was that they had that Walt Disney connection to it, right? Mm-hmm. And they had the audio animatronics. Yeah, and I said, well, that's not fair to Walt because he makes s- a small world with these <laughs> jittery dolls, yeah. and yet there's this little girl one. Yeah, the animatronics for Walt for his compliance in this yeah. should have been a whole lot. <laughs> better yeah yeah <laughs> you didn't get nothing out of this and then yeah hugh laurie's deal i don't like hugh laurie as a villain mm. i don't like comedians as villains even though they play great villains people say oh, why, don't, why don't you like that that's, because, a, that's an interesting comment because it's hard enough to do comedy <laughs> so do it yeah you'd rather see you'd rather see him being like jeeves than doing it or... i would i know that it's not fair and that i'm gonna i shouldn't pigeonhole him yeah yeah say this, but you know what yeah. We have a whole bunch of guys that can play villains. <laughs> what about what about him as a as a drug addicted snarky doctor? I bought it for the first five seasons, and then I <laughs> wow, said... <laughs> you really that's you bought it for five years. I might well, not have, man. I might have given him three okay. because I would sit there, and then they would say. Oh, the baby died. And I said, yeah, the first baby always dies. <laughs> and then every episode I said, he's seizing. I said, of course he's seizing. And then the stupid ending where he's like, uh, are you going to hand me that orange? Orange cephalopolis. <laughs> right. Quick, take him off the IV. Why? <laughs> he's drowning in his own insulin. <laughs> what? It's orange cephalopolis. <laughs> Thank God that they opened the Julius down in the lobby of the... <laughs> <laughs> the place. Oh, Orange Julius is good. Expensive though. Oh sure. Yeah. No Willy Woozle. <laughs> so what is? what is? And so that's always my beef. And then I think yeah. back to the seventies when it would be Henry Gibson and say, Oh my god, Henry Gibson is the villain. Yeah, yeah, that's the most ineffective <laughs> man in the world. That's right, that's this either. <laughs> yes. Tiny people as a as a villain. I don't know. I'm the I'm Captain No Fun. I don't, well, I don't know if you're Captain No Fun, but uh, Lieutenant, Lieutenant, <laughs> Lieutenant, <laughs> the Lieutenant has left. Yeah, I, well, I think that's no. I just think that's sort of interesting because I, I always think that well, particularly British people play like really good villains. Yeah, because I don't know what it is. Like they can maybe it's just what they put on that like that kind of South London accent or whatever it is, and or East London accent, and they sound like they sound scary. 
You're like, oh, this, this person would just kill me if they met me without even blinking. That could be that. Plus, sometimes they're very slow and methodical. And mm. I think there's something sort of scary about that. Yeah. We tend to burble, 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 and sit there and stop and just look at you. Yeah, yeah. Say anything. You're yeah. Like, mm. yeah, like when you see, um, I don't know if you saw Sexy Beast with Ben Kingsley. It's like this. I see a sexy beast every day I look in the mirror. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> The movie Sexy Beast. No, I did not. Okay, well, Ben Kingsley <laughs> plays like this really hard-ass gangster in it. Mm. And he's totally convincing. And you're like, but he's Ben Kingsley. He shouldn't be convincing as a villain. But yeah. he's very good. Ben Kingsley is another one of these guys that's... <laughs> he plays Gandhi the first time I'm aware of him. Yes. And then you see him playing like... Uh, it was in that Sherlock Holmes movie, right? He was? <laughs> Wasn't he into, uh, without a clue? Oh, okay. With oh, that's Michael right. With Michael Caine. Is, is Sherlock, but he's really dumb and Watson's really smart or something like that. Wasn't yeah, that yeah. The... So is he the dummy in it? No, no. He's the smart guy, but he's sort of, it just seems so, like, once, you, once you're once you Gandhi, you can't go and be in <laughs> Michael Caine, Sherlock Holmes. Really? <laughs> reboot. That's not very fair. I know. I'm full of them. No, I'm, I know. I, who so am I? Once an actor's played a, a significant role, <laughs> they're you, done. You're done. You go, you go to book signings. <laughs> all you, what? Is there Gandhi book signings? There, there's, there's a lot like, of guys. There's like a, a list of people along the thing. Here's so and so from from uh, Firefly, and here's the guy who said this is not the droid we're looking for. And then here's Ben Kingsley as Gandhi. Get your picture, your autograph picture from him. Yeah. It's $20 a, a snap. Remember when he played the vice president and uh, Dave? Played the vice president and Dave? You know what? I'm, I did see that movie because we share a name. Oh, you have to. <laughs> and at that time, I would uh, the Clova in Cloverdale would, was a second-run theater, and they would do two movies a night Right. Uh, that just were fresh out of the movie theaters. And so I did see Dave there with another movie. Don't ask me what it was. And uh Yeah. I don't remember anything about it, though. So he was in it. He was in, He's the vice president. Okay. That's getting all the shitty jobs, right? Okay. And so at the end, Kevin Klein fakes his death on the floor of Congress or wherever he's making this big speech. <laughs> okay. And, but extols the virtues of the vice president. Mm. He's not been involved in the shady dealings that the original president mm. that he's been hired to replace yeah. before he's created all of his yeah, yeah. mayhem. Oh, so he's an actor who's hired to be the president. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like a role that uh, Kevin Klein would like too much. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I didn't mean like <laughs> there's something about, like there's some actors who the chance to play an actor they just oh. ham it up to such a degree that you're just like oh this is awful this is so patting myself in the back performing here that I don't want to watch it anymore. I just imagine he would be like I don't remember the film though so maybe I'm being unfair. I think why I really enjoyed it was that Charles Grodin was his buddy. He's so his, good, and he's just so he's great. Dry and when weird. is he not great? <laughs> you know, even when he's not great, he's great. Beethoven, <laughs> get off the couch. <laughs> Those movies are so watchable though, because Kevin or Charles Grodin is in them. Exactly. Oh, Beethoven. I had a chance a little while ago to watch Midnight Run mm -hmm. with Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin, of course, and I didn't. <laughs> but here's why. Yeah. Because I thought, you know what? I bet you this movie isn't as good as I remember it. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. And so I don't want to ruin it because I just love that movie. What about Stakeout? Stakeout. <laughs> about the same vintage. Yeah, John Badham directed that Touchstone. movie. Directed, uh, filmed across the street from where Ian used to live. Oh, there you go. Yeah. He yeah. lived on West 12th in an apartment building and right across the street they had those kind of nice... Little old kind of bungalow houses of Vancouver. So not even Vancouver style. More more American style, really. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they had those houses there, and then uh, they filmed there. We weren't in the film or anything. No. But 
cat. Yes. <laughs> and so you didn't watch it. I would like to watch Midnight Run again. It's probably on Disney Plus. <laughs> it might be. I don't know where I saw it. It might have been on Tubi or whatever. It doesn't matter. But yeah, because I really did enjoy it. And I think I read or heard uh, maybe a year after, two yeah. years after, that they actually offered that Charles Grodin role to David Letterman. Okay. Back when they thought that David Letterman was going to maybe do some. Was he represented? By... Probably B- Bernstein and Brill. Anyway, I thought Letterman was offered that role or was given the script. Oh, Michael Eisner. I yeah. think he kind of became came under the wing of Michael Eisner, uh, who was like, he, Michael Eisner was like the, he, he later became uh, the Disney, the head on show at Disney. Yeah, but he already was at this But he point. was a packager. Oh, is he already at that point in, in, with Letterman? Yeah, because I think he took over 84. Oh, okay. So then it wouldn't be Michael Eisner then. And then Not Letterman sure. signed with Mike Ovitz. But I thought that was in the 90s when he got the new, what year was Midnight Run? It would be 90s, I think. I feel like it was 80s, like yeah. 88 or something. Yeah, So like now that. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. But I thought that Touchstone did give him money for a development deal. Okay, because they thought that he would use a natural for film, a guy who's totally totally unhappy in his own skin. <laughs> Perfect person to put in front of a camera. Yes, very awkward yeah. individual, <laughs> hates himself. Yeah. You know what you should do? <laughs> you should be seen by more people. You should be in a movie with Robert De Niro. He you does guys... a, He is in Cabin Boy. The, uh, yes. The Chris. Uh... You want to buy a monkey? <laughs> it's great that you remember that because I, I saw the movie like once, made so many years ago. I think like because uh, um, the guy who like Andy uh, Richter. Andy Richter's in it, right? Yeah, he does that dance. Yeah. So I can do this. <laughs> he does this gross dance, and then Chris Elliott says, oh, "Thank you for that, whatever that was." <laughs> <laughs> Mike and Dave and I. Yeah. I Dave was in on that, or was it just Mike and I? Drove to Bellingham to see it. It wasn't even playing in mm, Canada. We yeah, had to go yeah. to the States to see it. And we went to Bellis Fair, and it was there? Or it wasn't there. And I was like, where's the other theater? Uh, think, 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 think. I know where it is. Where? I, I'll guide us there. I, It's south of town on the right. Oh, get yeah. In the, get I know, the the car. I know yeah, where yeah. it is. Yeah. I know where it is. <laughs> to see Cabin Boy. Want to buy a monkey? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was more of a favor to the filmmakers that he was in the movie. He liked all those guys anyway. A lot of them were Letterman people. So. I think Chris Elliott probably wrote it, didn't he? I think he, he wrote it with some other writers from the mm. Letterman. Gerard Mulligan? <laughs> Maybe. Probably. I don't know. Probably. Mulligan. Maybe. <laughs> Got Mulligan another, written another, re- another regular <laughs> appear, the guy who appeared on the show, on the Letterman show. I mean, we just, I don't know where we started with this, but we've, we ended up here. Strange World. Probably the best Disney movie in the last 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Leave your comments below. You know what was really good, though? I've talked about this with Ian, but it's okay. We can talk about it a little bit. Let's put some boots, the last wish. I saw that was in your thing here, where it says, Ian yeah. and Dave really want people to see it. Yeah. And I would see it, because I enjoyed all the other Puss and Boots. Really? I, I only saw one other one, and I didn't. I liked the first, like, ten minutes of it, and then I thought it fell apart. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Quit it! You don't have to agree with everything I say. I know my opinions are, you know, pretty important. Is this the third one? I don't know. Is it? I thought there was only two. That's how out of it I am. Uh, one not... had a giant duck or something in it, right? Zach Galifianakis is the egg? That's with Yeah, that, that's the first one. That's the with first Humpty Dumpty. One. A weird villain choice. Yeah. I think there were elements of it that I didn't like. But overall, I liked it. And I liked the... Who plays the, the girl cat? Is that Selma Hayek? That's Selma Hayek, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite. My The opening scene with them uh, both trying to do the robbery at the same time is... Yeah. I think is really well done. Is that the one where they're... Shh. Yeah, you break me, I'll break you, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all the like gestures thing. and everything. Oh, it's very that good. Was good. Yeah, and there's a funny little cat that makes it's a running gag of a funny little cat. That's... Oh, <laughs> everyone knows how much I love this cat. 
I've talked about it in the show a long time ago. Like, I wish that I said, I said, oh, man, I wish like they had like they could make shirts with moving images on them that you could have like a push a little button, it would make a noise, right? Because I would want that cat to come up, rise up on my shirt, and go, oh, and the, so it could be like something like Lisa coming to me and saying, Dave, I'm having an affair, I'm going to leave you, and then I would push this button, and this little cat would come up and go, oh. The perfect time for that. <laughs> that and having Nyan Cat, uh, you know, f- in- infinitely flying on my shirt would also be great. There you go. With the music playing. Yeah. Those are the things I wanted so much. And it's never come to pass. Well, this is your million dollar idea. The, right? fu- the future is unwritten, obviously. You know, so either we'll kill ourselves or we'll invent shirts that have that make that have sounds. <laughs> They're moving shirts, moving images and sounds. Gifts or gifs or whatever. Gifts. Yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah. So yes, I bet that it, I bet that it is good because those uh, I I've enjoyed reluctantly because I used to be such a Disney. You're like head. a dragon. <laughs> That's right. And speaking of dragons, I never saw any of the dragon movies, for example. I've never seen the Re- Reluctant Dragon either. Oh, I saw the Reluctant Dragon. I oh, meant oh, sorry. the How to Train Your Dragon trilogy. Oh, really? I never saw that. Okay, I saw the first one and maybe the third one. The Reluctant Dragon is tough because it's got Robert Benchley. Oh, you don't like Robert Benchley? I think that I like Robert Benchley. This is interesting. Oh, no, he's my favorite. Controversial. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> no, I, you've, you've I've made, never... You've made okay. me see the other side of like Robert here, Benchley. Okay, here's the thing, right? Like, Here's the thing. There is no one, there is no one I've ever met in my life <laughs> who knows who Robert Benchley is, <laughs> who doesn't, doesn't like him. <laughs> because the only way you get to Robert Benchley mm-hmm. is because you like things that are like Robert Benchley and then you find you you go downstream far enough that you're at Robert Benchley right like at some point in your life you're like oh I've heard about these people who are funny they sit around a table in a hotel called the Algonquin Mm -hmm. these people must be funny and I'm going to seek them out or I like the New Yorker and he was a New Yorker guy for a while and so I'm going to be interested in you know and I'm going to read Robert Benchley I'm going to get Robert Benchley books and I'm going to read them, and I'm going to find them hilarious. <laughs> because I'm already of this mindset sure, that Robert Benchley is hilarious. You're a bench head. It's not even that I'm a bench head. It's just that I, you know, I like James Thurber. I like E.B. White. I like Robert Benchley. You know, I like S.J. Perelman. I like, you know, I like these people from this time period. So I'm attracted to that kind of smarty pants, you know, too clever for their own good right. humor that they, they produce at that time. I totally agree with you. Thank God. I thought I would have to argue this point. But here's how, here's how Robert Benchley is not that. Yeah. You don't find out that. <laughs> right? Yeah. And Robert you just ben- watch The Reelected Dragon without any context to who this person is. Right. Robert right. Benchley is dumped in your lap. <laughs> okay, okay. Playing a befuddled... <laughs> yes, yes. As he was, as he would want to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, have you enjoyed all of Robert Benchley's film appearances? Well, you know, how, how many have you seen? I mean, he's in he's in the um, Foreign Correspondent with, with, with uh, Joel McRae, the Alfred Hitchcock film. He plays a journalist in that movie. <laughs> An unhelpful contact for Joel McRae's character. Do you know that movie, Foreign Correspondent? I, it's a very good movie. I, I feel like I should, but you I should. don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to say yes, I have. Okay. It's, uh... it's the one where a person gets shot through a camera mm. in a, at a press conference. Don't know it? Not yet. I recommend it if you haven't seen it. Sounds like the best movie ever. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it comes from a time period that's really like a strong period of, for for Hitchcock. Yeah, I, like, I know everyone loves like Vertigo and and North by Northwest and stuff like that. But you're like, what about Shadow of a Doubt, Saboteur, um, you know, Foreign Correspondent? Like those are great films. I uh, yeah, they are. 
<laughs> you haven't even seen that for what I mentioned. You've seen Shadow of the Doubt, though, right? With Joseph Cotton? I don't, I don't know. I watch, I watch uh, Noir Alley. Yeah. Right? Okay. And so I've been watching it every weekend for the last four years, wherever it's been. Okay. And all of these titles are all right. you got one year right? left. If you've got like uh, Razor's Edge or, or Breakout <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. or the Danger Smith <laughs> yeah. or the Anvil of uh, yeah, yeah. Truth, yeah. I, I might have seen it. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. I don't know if that's. I, I, maybe that's a mistake to watch watch things in that way, isn't it? Yeah, because, I agree. <laughs> because you, because you. I mean, I I do the same thing. Like I become obsessed with something, and then you just like like drain it. You just drain the pool, and then you're at the end of it. You're just kind of like, well, it's I have nothing. Like it's just an amorphous experience of unrelated. <laughs> yeah. And I feel that way about binging TV too. Like when you binge something, it just feels like nothing to you. Like you just you're like, did I watch that? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I can't. I remember when you were watching the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I never watched it. Didn't you? I thought no, you did. No, you never were, seen it. You were telling me to watch it. I was not. <laughs> it was the best show ever, and I wrote a twelve-page essay agreeing with you. Well, that's that's. I'm glad that I you did. No, you watched Kimmy Schmidt. No, no, my daughters watched it, but I never. I'm oh, so, okay. I, I saw it through osmosis. Mm. By being in the house at the same time it was playing in another room. But... Oh, I thought that you were speaking highly of it. Anyway, uh, that's... Uh... I only saw one episode of it. But it was a good episode. Sure. The trial episode. I don't know. I didn't watch it. Well, you didn't take my advice, obviously. <laughs> I... <laughs> After I ranted and raved about it and said it was so great. <laughs> well, I didn't have Netflix. I gave it I gave it 17 stars <laughs> out of 17. <laughs> but then I got it, Netflix, and I started to watch it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I was just like, do you want to watch another one now? And I'm like, no, I can't. No, I can't. And yeah. then I've talked to more people that did binge. Yeah. Or even pseudo binge. Just yeah. like, no, I can't. I have countless movies on video that I don't watch. I have to find them. <laughs> if I find it, I'll watch it yeah. on TV. Yeah. I'm still that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the danger of like this noir things is they're all out of context and it's just a guy talking about it and you watch it just like, I don't, I don't yeah, know what yeah. to take away from this anymore. Mm. I don't know what I've seen. Yeah. You're halfway through a movie and you go, oh, this is the one with the guy in the fucking prison. Oh, I know this one. And I still watch it. <laughs> Anyway, Robert Benchley in yeah. The Reluctant Dragon yes. is, oh, I'm visiting the Disney studio. Mm. He comes down and he's the befuddled guy. That's called fumfering. See, I, even if he was in a movie, I bet I would enjoy him more. But I'm talking about his short subjects where he's the guy. How to sleep. How to sleep. How to. How to carve a turkey. Yeah. And this, this, I, which this, I like all those as well, and, by the way. But these aren't incredible witticisms. You don't watch this and say, oh, I get why this guy was the Algonquin round table. You say, this guy must have been no, the was, dumb waiter he, at the Algonquin <laughs> round table. He definitely changed his persona, I think, from when he was a writer, mostly a writer, to when he later became uh, like kind of a personality. And that kind of it happened totally by fluke. They did a fundraiser for The New Yorker. Mm. And a bunch of the staff, you know, were on stage, like went on stage. Like before they were like writing snarky comments about you know like dorothy parker writing about Catherine hepburn you know her emotions ran that gamut from a to b and such things like that you know very hilarious now they're on stage so then of course all the all the actors could sit in the audience and make criticism but but at that thing uh benchley did a uh piece called the treasurer's report where he's pretending to be like a treasurer for like a masons or shriners or whatever coming up and talking and you know it's a lot of awkward drinking and you know fumbling of pages and forgetting things and and all, all the hallmarks of benchley that obviously drive you insane. <laughs> but it was such a huge hit. It was such a big hit. I mean, not a huge hit, but it was a big hit. Like, out of everyone, he was the one who came out of there looking, you know, smelling like a rose. And uh, he got, you know, Hollywood came uh, sniffing around, and so he went out to Hollywood and started doing his little short subjects and stuff like that, which if you try to tape them on TCM, you will never get 
the actual show. So you have to tape the movie before it and the movie after it. <laughs> yes. Because the time they say it's on, not true. Yes. Totally made up. You're lucky if they tell you at all that it's on. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, just tape something and then catch it. Right. Well, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I mean, I don't hate him. Yeah. Well, but uh, but he's not he's, he's not your favorite. I don't I don't any more uh, than I want to say. Hey, I, Steve Martin's doing it now. Just like enough, Steve. <laughs> doing the other thing. I want that. So, but isn't he great? Yeah, sure, he's fine. He's good. What do you mean, like, like the, uh, here's the, Steve the, Martin at the Disney Studio? I'm going to show you how they make an animated oh, okay. cartoon. Oh, what's this? Did that cooler just talk to me? Uh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, you know how you know how animation works, don't you? Steve? <laughs> You've heard of this, right? And that's a lot of what it is. Robert mm. Benji taking his hat off and leaning in, and then things you know spraying his face. It's a fish. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I guess it's playing into his character that by that point it was a bit kind of. And also, he was a heavy drinker, so he probably <laughs> he probably just needed the money at that point. But uh, I am. I'm Big Chief No Fun from the I Don't Want to Drive. So I think that's a Phil Hartman thing. Okay. Hey, you, Big Chief No Fun. <laughs> I don't want to drive. Wow. I I mean, I, I want you to go into Disney Plus when yeah. you, we're done here with the big show. Yes. And watch The Reluctant Dragon. Okay. And, and, then and report back to you. I want a glowing report of Robert Benjamin. <laughs> go, oh, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a fumfering old gentleman. And then you can even imagine, because now of what you've said, yeah. like here's the Disney Studios, and they're they're making this little featurette because they've had the strike and they've had all the problems. They, yeah. If we could only get Benchley. <laughs> oh, do you think he'd say yes? <laughs> well, I'll do it as a favor to you, Walt. Oh, thank God. Just, and now, looking at it 80 years later, just like, Jesus. <laughs> well, it could be that, or it could just be that, you know, you, you like animation, so you're just like, why am I watching some old geezer yakking when, when I could be watching moving images of a, of a reluctant dragon, of all things. <laughs> a reluctant dragon. Whatever his thing is. I don't know. I've never seen it. Uh, he reads poetry, right? He's okay. not the dragon that the St. George thinks he's okay. going to be. He okay. goes off the battle. He's like, hey, do you want to have a cup of tea? And he's all silly and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. spinning on his tail. He's like, hey, you bounder, you know, the skinny guy with the big goose mustache. I'm supposed to fight you, and then they, you know, the the page I think that's yeah. with him is just like, hey, you're supposed to be fighting him, and he's like, oh, really? And he pokes him, and he's like, oh, oh. <laughs> the, the, the whole thing is very much a British what's it okay. carry on film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, uh. <laughs> Interesting. I have. I never. It's my favorite. <laughs> was I mean, was Disney like a big Anglophile? Because. You know, he also signed. He also uh, tried to make Gremlins, the the Roald Dahl created. Like Roald Dahl wrote a book called Gremlins, like a illustrated book, and then Disney were trying to make a film out of it. Yeah, and I wonder if he's just, like, he did Winnie the Pooh, he did Alice in Wonderland. Like, I what? think that was just the richest pickings for public domain. Alice in Wonderland was was not public domain. I wouldn't think at that time because it was written in the Victorian era, like in eighteen eighties or something like that. So, oh, well, they didn't have that. As you I don't. Know, maybe it's not as Mickey long. Mouse law, right? It maybe wasn't as long then. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, Winnie the Pooh would have definitely been still in uh, under copyright. Yeah, Pooh. I think they bought Pooh. Well, but... they didn't because Winnie the Pooh is now out of out of uh, is in public domain. Oh, okay, but I but think not at the time, not, they... not their image of Pooh, but like the Disney image is still copyrighted by them. But because of the sixties creation of this, mm-hmm. that, yeah. But the E. H. Shepherd. Uh, drawings and, and and the book itself the stories themselves are now public domain right are they though because mm-hmm. i know they just made a big announcement about stuff that was finally in the public domain but, yeah but i think well it depends it, where you live but i think in the time i think that they actually bought it because if you ever bought a poo book yeah in the last 20 years it was like the poo protectorate or something okay there was this company yeah. that ran poo okay <laughs> <laughs> it's great talking about winnie the Pooh. what a name 
anyway. And I think it was Disney. I think Disney just said, well, here, this will squelch this. Hmm. I think. I don't know. Now that they own a, now that they have a, a principality in Florida, did you hear about that? <laughs> Is this how they're going to try to fight Ron DeSantis? On well, they the don't Reedy have Creek? to. They don't have to fight Ron DeSantis oh. because apparently the outgoing administration signed an agreement with Walt Disney that they have uh, absolute total say over the that that area. Like way back in the sixties. No, no, just recently, like oh, just... outgoing, like but the ones before Ron DeSantis. Oh. So knowing that the Republicans were coming in and there was going to be a big problem for Disney, they created this. This uh, they signed like this agreement with Walt Disney that basically gives them carte blanche to do whatever they want, do whatever they want, any development or anything they want in that area. No government oversight, which (laughs) you kind of go both ways on because you're kind of like, well, we know that Ron DeSantis is just being a bully boy, trying to appeal to the you know to the base elements of the GOP to you know and using Walt Disney as like as as a you know a stick to beat big corporations or whatever. Like, look at me, I'm not afraid of them. So, you know, you're kind of like, well, that's good. Because he's fighting them on, like, you know, their their support of gay marriage and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the fact that for a long time, they, you know, hus- you know same-sex couples received uh, health care from them as if they were married. And so that's part of what, what, what the GOP doesn't like about Disney and stuff like that. But at the same time, you're like, is it really, like, a good idea to give a corporation absolute control <laughs> over an area that they can just do whatever they want with? <sighs> I don't know, like... I don't know. Because I thought that they already had that from when they bought up the property and they started that Reedy Creek Development Corporation, I think mm-hmm. is what it was originally called. Yes. When it was all being bought. And then they changed stuff. the name of it when Ron DeSantis came in. But then they dis- even though they did that, they've discovered that there's this agreement wow. that between Walt Disney, or between the Disney, not Walt Disney, between the between Disney the Corporation. and the yeah. Walt Disney Company that this area is theirs. Yeah. And it can be. Yeah, to do with what they want. And they have this control over it for this amount of time and blah, blah, blah. Wow. So now I guess DeSantis is, uh, him and his henchmen are talking about t- uh, uh, basically saying the law is not, it shouldn't, that no, uh, that the previous government shouldn't have given this kind of, of uh, you know, leeway to, or this, you know, kind of like uh, open checkbook to. to I thought that the previous government was also Republican. I think but they weren't. They were friendlier with Walt Disney, I guess. Oh, well, I mean, it's got to be a, it's a tricky company to go to battle with when you think of how much. Uh, tourism dollars. That yeah, that's the thing. Like, why are state. yeah, why are you even fighting them? Like, this is an enjoyed, giant norm. What else is of interest there? I mean, beaches are okay, but I don't think that's what's bringing everyone yeah. there. If Universal wasn't there and Disney wasn't there, then nobody else would be there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not in Orlando anyway. Yeah, and yeah, it's just weird to me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I'm of kind of two minds. Like, when I was younger, I really admired Walt Disney. I thought he was really an amazing person. It seemed to me like what he did, like you know, to t- take something that was pretty much a shoestring and like throw like throw the dice so hard making snow white and everything but it, then you read more about him and you're kind of like well anti-union and obviously anti-semitic and and then apparently wasn't the nicest person to work with either like i think he was a little bit of a prickly character because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's that art i don't know what the, his name now off the top of my head but he became a children's author he worked for disney for a number of years and then he became a children's author bill pete bill pete yeah and there's an autobiography he did um, which is a really good book. It's called it, Pete's Me. <laughs> it is. Yeah. For some reason, it's called Pete's Dragon. And he wrote, <laughs> he wrote it in the 50s. So it's weird. But, I think it was from the 70s. But anyway, so he wrote about working for Disney. And, you know, and like he didn't hate it. Like he wanted to wanted to work at Disney. He like applied. He sent his, you know, samples and stuff like that. And he went there. And then he had to go to the school 
the animation school to learn the Disney way to how to make you know how to make a ball look like it's <laughs> bouncing or whatever whatever they do there. Yeah, make you feel for a lamp. <laughs> And then, um, and then he started working for Disney, and yeah, he was doing like the Jungle Book and stuff like that. And and he has some really interesting stories about working there. But he did not like Walt Disney. He found him, yeah, very mean, I guess, and stuff like that. But I mean, a lot of that's just like the bitterness of you know, like I left and they didn't like me. But he's talking about like doing the Jungle Book, and apparently the original plan was for it to be very dark and very like very real. Like, and he he had like illustrations of like the storyboards and stuff like that in in his autobiography. And yeah, it was totally. And then at some point. They chickened out. Right. And they just went with like this pop populist. Get Phil Harris. It's <laughs> right. Get Phil Harris on the phone. <laughs> and they just went with this really like kind of much, you know, toned down thing. And it might be because Walt Disney by this point was, was doing, um, was starting the, the Disney world and needed money. Oh, maybe. Because basically, fund this thing. Yeah. basically money came in and then he just like poured it into the, into the Florida project, you know? Yeah. And the uh, Jungle Book came out in '67. I think the year after Walt was already dead. Yeah, right? he yeah. died in '66. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, those movies were worked on for a number of years before they came out. So, so I, mean, I know he, I know he had some hand in it because Pete d- discusses like you knew he was coming because he would cough. He would cough. Yeah, he had a cough, awful cough. Awful cough. So yeah. he knew he was coming around. But yeah, didn't I know. know he was going to die of lung cancer. That's funny. Knew he was coming, <laughs> but didn't know he was going. <laughs> didn't know, yeah, didn't know that, eh? Yeah, there was another book that was written by a, a, a ex-animator that eventually went and did. I just read it recently because of another story. Was it Don Bluth? No, it wasn't Don Bluth. It was I don't. It was a uh, used to work on the Jack. Okay. No. Anyway, they had worked on all the storyboards and they had all the storyboards mm, up. Mm. And uh, which is for people who don't know, in animation, that's where the real writing is done in a. In a cartoon. Yeah, they would have draw it all out and they would post it all up. Mm-hmm. And they had a couple of tricks. One trick was you'd put them all up kind of crooked and kind of haphazard. Okay. And then Walt would come in and go, no, this shit, this is not going to work. This allows you work on it more. And then you just straighten them all out and you had them back a week later and said, this is what I'm talking about. Go ahead and go make that cartoon. <laughs> that kind of thing. Okay. And uh, one time he had set up the room. Yeah. And everybody was out for lunch, I think. Mm. And they were due back at for the two o'clock meeting, and now it's one thirty. And so he's in there just making sure everything's good. And <laughs> here's the big cough. Walt's coming. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh shit. Walt comes in and he sits down in his chair. Yeah. And apparently we just drum his fingers. Yeah. Okay. We sit there smoking, right? Yeah. Drumming yeah. his fingers. He said, "Well, let's have it." And nobody else is there to back him up on the story, so he yeah, starts yeah. telling the story with his big pointer. Yeah, yeah. About this, that, and the yeah, other thing. Yeah, Walt's yeah. just listening there. And something happened where he ended up with the pointer had a pin or something on the end of it and he ended up stabbing himself with it and then bleeding Walt started to laugh and he was like ah ha ha right at the end ah that's great yeah go ahead and make the thing he was just like oh you only liked it because I stabbed myself at the end by accident you creep that's weird would I would I be wrong to say that uh, I actually don't like Walt Disney cartoons very much I don't I like the movies but I don't really like their shorts that much like compared to like Looney Tunes. They don't. They're not the same thing at all, are they? Yeah. No. There was a, steel, a Steven Spielberg quote. They said, "You watch the Walt Disney shorts to feel good, and you watch the the Looney Tunes to laugh." But nobody's watching but, a short to feel good. And I don't. Do you even feel that good when you watch them? Like, no, me, no, they're they're frustrating. <laughs> you know, they are frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to watch a bunch of them, and they're, I own a bunch of weird. them, but I haven't watched them. The, the one thing weird that's weird about them is they're like they're like suburban problems yeah some of the later ones right yeah. they live in a house and they got to water the lawn yeah and stuff like that and you're just like oh boy that's exciting <laughs> yeah they're weird we're going on a picnic oh great i guess yeah. something's gonna go wrong 
Remember the one where Mickey Try Mouse ends bad. up getting a seal, you know, you end up with a seal in the bathtub, and you're just like, what? I don't. This is barely even a good episode of Dick Van Dyke or something of the or, or yeah. about fifties, not a sixties, but a fifties. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, lots of when you and I were kids, when they would show the Disney cartoons, you'd see a lot of Chip and Dale, mm. and so they were probably the most. Looking back on it, they probably were the most entertaining because they were kind of Looney Tunes. Yeah, they were yeah. Throwing stuff, and Donald would get sure. hit with an apple yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But even Donald is like frustrating to watch. Like, well, yeah, because he's. He's either he either is he's you either feel for him through frustration because yeah. it's like oh he didn't deserve to get that yeah or he totally deserves to get that and you're just like well <laughs> why you... were you such a dick you shouldn't have... Donald Dick <laughs> yeah why did you do that yeah and Goofy can be so dumb that yeah. you're just like I don't have any sympathy for you every time you bust your head that's what you deserve <laughs> it's just a, it's a strange uh, it's a weird aesthetic I feel like for for the for the shorts. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, they're very on brand. It feels like you know. The, it's funny. I got those. They used to have those silver case things, and they would have various collections. And mm. I would get all those at Christmas time because I uh, had to. It was the, <laughs> it was the law. <laughs> the Disney shareholder. Yeah. And uh, so I would say, I'm going to watch a whole bunch of silly symphonies. Well, after you've watched five silly symphonies in a row, there's there's a formula, right? It's the music, but it's also the repetition of the animation, which is not. To say it's the same animation, but the song goes dun da dun da dun da dun da dun da dun da dun, and the little dandelion guys go dun da dun da dun da dun da dun da dun the one way. Yeah. Then they come back the other way. Dun da dun da dun da dun da dun da dun da dun. Sure. And then they go back and they do that twice. Now the frogs are in the pond, and they go ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum. Then they'll come back ba dum. But, uh, and you say, oh, you're just, re- it's because it was all done to the music. Yeah, yeah. And so even though the animation is lovely and the colors are great, because, you know, yeah. you're just like, oh, who was watching this? <laughs> They're not meant to be watched back to back to back. Yeah, you yeah, watch yeah. You yeah. things back to back. You see all of the tropes, I guess, is <laughs> yeah, what they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The skeleton dance. You know, everybody raves about the skeleton dance. Yeah. The old black and white one, I think. Sure. Sure. Up, I works did it. Okay, and it's the same thing. The, the skeletons go swish, 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 swish. That's right. Yeah, you know yeah, 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 yeah. And then they go dick, 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 swish, 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 swish. And he's like, they're gonna do it two times, <laughs> and then we're gonna see it again. Just like, oh. but some of the early Warner Brothers, when they were trying to be the silly symphonies, they do that same thing. Yeah, but as soon as. Uh, you know, you get Daffy Duck and Porky Pig in a bed and they got to be at work on time or they're going to get fired. So <laughs> you're, you're in it. <laughs> well, soon as, yeah, soon as, um, soon as like Tex Avery showed up and, and then uh, Robert Clampett would have been the first two, I think, who kind of pioneered like a new style of, of cartoon. Um, because before that, I mean, I know uh, Frizz Feeling was there for like some of the early stuff, but yeah. it's not quite the same as what avery and clampett brought to, to the to the table when they when they created bugs bunny and tweety bird and stuff like that and yes clampett sweetie bird is gross as all get out it's just a disgusting <laughs> thing but you know just the spirit of it yeah you know the spirit of those of what they were doing was different from so different from what walt disney was doing or from what anyone was doing like popeye or whatever you know just the whole the whole thing of it was so anarchic and so someone didn't care like someone the Warner Brothers did not care about what was happening at what do they call the Termite Terrace, whatever yeah, so they called you, their you, place. You, you get the feeling of that free reign of just like as long as you got it made. Yeah, as long as it's done, <laughs> as long as we got eight minutes or whatever, how long they are, I don't even know when they're whatever, whatever length they are, whatever. If it's done and in front of a movie, by the time we finish, they drive by night. That movie about fruit truck drivers. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> get fine. all these apples to market. <laughs> then we're fine, but it's just, but it's so interesting, right? Like it's just. 
it's, 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 it's fascinating to me when something can thrive, like in a, in a situation like that, where it's just like the perfect moment, you know, and it's just like, you know, there's the money for it. There's the market for it. There's the don't care for it. And then there's the people who care for it, mm-hmm. you know, who are willing to like put in the crazy hours and draw. Yes. Draw that, that Benny rabbit over and over <laughs> again. Over and over and over because, again. you know, there, yeah, there's, there's a uh, Michael Maltese there. There's Chuck Jones there. There's Robert Clampett there, et cetera. But there's also all those guys that you don't know their name who did all the in-betweens and stuff like that, which yes. is absolutely thankless. And all the painting. For it. Yeah. 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 And it's great because I watch a lot of these still in the morning when I get up to give the cat medicine. Mm-hmm. I'll have to do it tonight. What time are we at? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, the uh, you know, I watch them. And so they often have, uh, they'll start with a Bugs Bunny, but it's not always Bugs Bunny. And it's always good. Mm. Nine times out of ten. You get some of those late 60s ones where you can almost feel that the whole thing is just run out of steam. Or just like, hey, hey, how about he gets an anvil? It's just like, no, no, no. I'm not going to get an anvil. All those weird ones with Daffy Duck and Speedy Gonzalez together. Some I, people love those. I just I don't I don't know them very well. Yeah, weird. They're all happened in Mexico. You mm. know? They're probably the later Frizz Freeling ones, where it's just kind of like hacking them out because they, they're mostly for TV. They're not really for for movies or anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's those ones, and they're just like, oh gosh, these things are clunky as hell. There's a weird thing that kind of happened with all of them, right? Like not like Robert Clampett's weird because like he left animation entirely and went on to do Cecil and Beanie, mm. which is like a puppet show. Yeah, which is kind of strange, and he like kind of. He kind of forged his own path. And it was even weirder because we knew it's a puppet show, and yet all the pictures are all look like it's a card, an animated yeah. cartoon. And yeah. There must have been. Was there also an animated cartoon? I have after no the idea. Show? Maybe. I don't know. No, okay. I don't really know. I, I really know nothing. I know about it, but who I've never. Would, who would animate a puppet? That's <laughs> obviously a puppet. <laughs> it's weird. It's so weird. But then, but I think like uh, Sam Freeberg did the, one of the voices, right? It was Dawes Butler and Sam Freeberg did the voices for Cecil and Beanie, I'm probably, pretty sure. Yeah. Which is probably the. Cause because Freeberg, you know, as a teenager, was working for Warner Brothers doing voices for the cartoons. But anyway, um, again, uncredited because everything was always Mel. Blanc. Yeah, it was all Mel Blanc. Foray never gets. A yeah, never. Yeah, it's really unfair. Else. Wow, he's really good. That uh, Mel Blanc, <laughs> Pete the Puma, and also and Witchy Poo. <laughs> but that's Stan Freeberg. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> but it's something weird. Like, like Chuck Jones, you know, like, like later on, like you know, it's I know he did Freckles. Like, or sneezy or sniffles or whatever. Sniffles. sniffles yeah. Which is terrible. <laughs> Unless you love drunk electric razors. And you do. You do. Oh, you want drunk podcast hosts. You want a drunk razor. <laughs> oh, my God. Seeing that as a kid, you're just... Oh, the amount of, like, boredom. The total boredom you felt watching that. Because you're just waiting. You're waiting. For something else to come on. That like, was on just the other day I saw that one. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. So terrible. <laughs> Sniffles has a cold. Yeah. He goes to the pharmacy. <laughs> I only know two of them. There's that one, and then there's uh, one where it's New Year's Eve or, or Christmas Eve or whatever, and he falls asleep and Santa comes in. Oh, he's, he's trying sleeping. to stay up, yeah. yeah. I was watching that one around Christmas time, and I okay. fell asleep in it. I, was, oh, I don't blame I you. They're, they're boring. <laughs> so and, terrible. And the other one is the one with the bookworm. Remember in the... You've seen the one with the bookworm. He's I must have, but I don't green remember. Green worm with glasses. Yeah, yes, yeah, like, yeah. The owl. Yeah. This is a picture of an owl. Owls eat must be one of those kind of things. <laughs> okay, I do. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I've seen it. I just don't remember it. Quite, but yeah, that's well. Chuck Jones trying to be cute still. But then he cuted later, right? Like suddenly all his characters have like these giant eyelashes and stuff yeah. like that. And that was a weird change i don't know what i don't know what that was about i don't know what like that all of them have like special lights in their eyes so they have like the two <laughs> dots and they're like oh, so cute is this so it's so weird and i don't know why that happens like chris feeling like hacking them out and 
It's weird when that happens, like when. Yeah, it was like they just ran out completely. Like, and I know I, I went and saw Chuck Jones speak, and he was kind of disparaging Fritz Freeling. And I said, you know, but you, your stuff looked better than Fritz's, but it's a little hinky. And now I watch like <laughs> some of his Tom and Jerry's. You're like, oh, oh, they're awful. I can't watch these. Dude, they're what? awful. <laughs> yeah, there's the timing is so weird on them. Yeah, and everything is just like yeah. everything looks like it's being. You're just practicing for the Grinch. <laughs> This is just, that snow is Grinch snow. You were like, how can I make this look good? But yeah, so weird. And then by the time the 70s and 80s incarnation still, kind of loosen up that shoulder because you're not. That the, the weirdest Tom, uh, Tom and Jerry are those ones that were done in Czechoslovakia or something like that. Yeah. They're directed by, I don't remember his name. He was like. Gene like, Deitch. Or... Deitch, yeah. Who's, yeah. Uh, his son, Kim Deitch, was a, is a really good cartoonist. Mm. He's an underground cartoonist. Still working, I think. Like He does fabulous uh, stories, but um those are weird. Yeah, and now I like those ones. <laughs> like I used to not like them. Yeah, yeah. Dicky Mo, Dicky yeah. Mo, Dicky Mo. They all the, 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 those weird space noises. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think he got criticized. I was just reading this yesterday, lately because I was like, "Does anybody agree that Chuck Jones is awful?" Does yeah, Tom this Tom, Tom Jones, or, or the Tom stupid, and Jerry. Tom. Everything's in space. Everything's gonna have a robot cat and a robot mouse. And yeah, controlling them. Anyway, but the GH ones, I think he was let go from it because they were considered this is. Yeah. They were too violent. Oh. But they, they're no more violent than any other cat getting hit with a rake. <laughs> they're all Yeah. Gee, when you see me hit a cat with a rake, you just, you're like, oh, that's fine. But uh, but now I watch them and there's a certain 60s aesthetic to them that I kind of like mm, more okay. than... Because I think I used to like the Chuck Jones ones when maybe when I was in... Like, you oh. like the Tom and Jerry ones? Yeah, I think there was something odd. that I liked about Ugh. the style of it. When the, yeah. But now I realize how wrong I was. And I'm just like, oh, these are awful. I can't stand them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't stand those. And, I, and I'm so sick to death of Popeye. What, the, the old, like the Fleischer ones with the, no, with like the mumbling? I like the Fleischer ones, but, oh. but even, you know, once... Because again, Popeye is as repeaty as the Warner Brothers stuff could sometimes be yeah. in that if there's going to be an anvil, you're going to get hit. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, but uh, the Popeye with the spinach, like uh, there's a few that he doesn't use spinach in and just mm. like, oh, thank God! It's just a, <laughs> one of those ones where there's not a fight. Man, it's, not a, it's been so long since I watched fight. like uh, the Paramount ones that are Winston... Win Winston Sharples or something like that? Is that or is he already the orchestra? I don't know. The name sounds like someone like that was what the, the Yeah, I think that name does come up on there with the little sliding thing, right? But um, I haven't seen those since I was a teenager, to be honest with you. Well, they're going to be on tomorrow morning. Get up at 7 o'clock. I like there's one where he um, he goes into a club and it's a beatnik club. And there's all these beatniks in there and they're just snapping their fingers and going, cool. <laughs> cool. I remember that one. Cool. It's like a, like a room full of people saying cool. and It's like it's a brief like... Cool. One minute of, of cartoon. At 7 o'clock on MeTV, the first half hour is Popeye. Okay. Most of them are black and white, but you'll get a couple of weird uh, <laughs> weird color ones. Okay. Uh, just before the really bad ones that we saw when we were kids. Yeah. Where it was more limited animation. Mm -hmm. There was some that were done just before that. Okay. That are still the same vibe. Is it Brutus yet or is it still Bluto? I don't even know. And you'll watch that if I were president, olive oil for president, that kind of thing. Mm. It's like, okay, I'll watch this one again. <laughs> it seems to show the same things again and again. And then the second half hour yeah. is the Pink Panther. Oh. And the Pink Panther, again for me, doesn't hold up. Yeah, I yeah. thought the Pink Panther was the funniest thing in 1975. <laughs> Holy cow. For, the, for a credit sequence. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But I got up in the morning and I would watch it and Dad would sometimes watch it oh, with Rob they had, the, they had the animated one with the, the Dean Martin aardvark or whatever. The ant and the aardvark and yeah. Crazy Legs Jackie Crane Mason and, is and, the... Dean Martin was the ant and Jackie Mason was the aardvark. Yes. 
in that. Uh, I don't think it was them, but whoever was no, doing it was, voices. Uh, it was uh, John Biner. Oh, John Biner did it. Yeah. Okay. But these, you know, if you see the Pink Panther get a job as a lumberjack again, you're just like, oh, I don't see you as a lumberjack. <laughs> or any cartoon character bothered by a bug. Yes. Oh, I don't want to see you with a mosquito. Or... <laughs> there's, a, there's a Pink Panther one where there's a mouse that plays loud music. That one's okay. I'll watch that one again. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Or the one where he's trying to paint everything pink and the guy that's painting it blue. Okay. I've seen okay. it too many times. But yeah, yeah. Hold up. That sounds painful. I don't know if I even want to get up. Rolling in rat pink. So why come for rolling in rat pink? <laughs> and leave for well, it. I didn't even remember. <laughs> I don't even know. Rolling in rat pink. Not the Depatey Freeling thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway. Is it Depatey? I thought it was Depatey, but it doesn't matter. Could be. He just died recently. Oh, is that right? He was that much younger than Frizz. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frizz was. Isidore Freeling, as his real name was, was there for a long time. Like he was there through Silly Symphonies and a lot of the black and white uh, Porky Pigs. Which there's some good, uh, good of those Porky Pigs. There's some good ones. Yeah. Uh, some of the kind of dreamy ones and stuff are fun to watch. Porky and Wacky Land. Porky and Wacky Land's good. And then there's that one where he comes to visit the, the Warner Brothers Studios and he fumbles around his hat fulls. <laughs> no, no. But he's like he meets like uh, Leon Schlesinger and stuff like that in it, and it's pretty. It's it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. and I think Daffy Duck comes out of a picture. <laughs> And then gets tries to get him fired or something. Some <laughs> I can't remember He's now. He's in a picture above the drying board. Okay, okay. But those were black and white ones, which we didn't get to see as kids. They only played the the color ones mm. when I, when I was a kid. Like we didn't uh, like on Merry Melodies or Funorama. The the car, here where, where those were the names, so people know. There was a black and white Porky this morning on where he's a farmer. It was one of those, one of those basically the ant and the grasshopper kind of okay. parables. So he's there's a bear or something next door, and he doesn't want to work, and now it's freezing cold. Well, he can hibernate. It's fine. He could, but he's not. He's trying oh. to eat his dog and you know <laughs> fighting over a bean, all of those things. And then he's going to kill the dog, and they go over to Porky's place, and he's got a huge turkey. Yeah, okay. And so Porky lets them come in, mm. and then in the end they go back. And he says, I don't have to work anymore. And so he doesn't learn anything. He doesn't learn anything at all. <laughs> no. What kind of... <laughs> oh, dear. As usual, uh, cartoons, all, all, all movies from Hollywood are just advertisements for libertarianism. <laughs> just like Tomorrowland. Just like Tomorrowland. <laughs> just tomorrow... <laughs> ah, I... Uh... Well, the thing, well, the thing, well, the thing about Brad Bird is to kind of really back at that. Oh, yes. I was Remember gonna, that, folks? I was going to say, like... Like, I was thinking about this with, because we were talking about Steven Soderbergh the week before. I don't know if you remember that part of the yeah, conversation. Yeah, so you were magic mic'd. I was magic mic'd to death. <laughs> and, but I was, and I was saying, like, I think he's only as good as, like, I don't think he, I feel like he develops movies. Like, I feel like he just gets a script. And if there's funding for it, he's like, let's make a movie. That's what I do. That's what I do. Right. It's not a passion project. It's just yeah, a job. I'm it's a just director. a job. And um, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. Depends on the who, like next time. Depends on the screenplay. Exactly. That's his, that's what he thinks. And I think Richard Linklater is a bit like this too. Okay. You know, he'll have passion projects, but he'll also have movies where he just directs it because he needs the he needs the work. You know, want to make School of Rock? Sure, I'll make School of Rock. Want to make School for Scoundrels? Sure, I'll make School for Scoundrels. Should I have made School for Scoundrels? Probably not, but I did. As long as school's in the title, I'm in. Should I have made Bad News Bears? Probably not, but I did. <laughs> else, you know, I also made some other good. I made some good movies, but you know, I made a Scanner Darkly. I made. I made the, the Beyond or Before Sunrise movies and stuff like that. They made some good movies, but uh, I also made those movies. <laughs> but, um, and I was just, you know, and I was thinking to myself, like, is it is it time that we retired the auteur theory, finally? Like, those stupid French guys, Godard okay. and Truffaut, with their idea that the director is the one who makes the movie, when really, it it's all teamwork. And to forget, like, to be always crowing about, Chuck Jones and forget about Michael Maltese feels unfair. Or Ted Pierce or Ted Pierce. Hey yeah. Ted, <laughs> Did you listen to the show too. 
uh, it just yeah. feels like we're really cutting on and like why is why is uh, Ghost Protocol so good? Is it because Brad Bird was involved in it? Partly is it because Tom Cruise was involved in it. Partly is it because Christopher McQuarrie, McQuarrie came in and rewrote the whole script before the movie was made. Yes, that's a big part of it too. <laughs> yeah, like the, you know, these are all elements of it that made it a better film. You know, like yes. Brad Bird guided it and he wanted certain elements and he brought those into the film. But also Tom Cruise does not make bad movies if he can help it. Like he's always on a movie. You can look at a, you can be like, oh, that sounds like the dumbest movie I've ever heard in my life, but I'll watch it. It's good. <laughs> it's not yeah. always the case, but often the case with Tom Cruise, like even something that you're just kind of, that's a minor film or whatever. No one paid attention to. It's what the heck? Night and day is a great movie, you know, like who knew? But Great restaurant too. <laughs> If you say so. <laughs> I've eaten there and I don't. Uh, <laughs> ma matter the, of opinion. Get the patty meld. <laughs> oh, is that what you have to get? You don't mind a greasy heart attack, do you? <laughs> Not so far. <laughs> I have a one long 20-year one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just think that, you know, you can, you know, any director. It's really based on, like, is it good material? And can you get good material out of it? Some directors aren't writers aren't you know they're not going to be Francis Ford Coppola and be sitting overnight rewriting pages for Apocalypse Now, you know. Uh, they're just going to direct what they're given. And if it's good, it's great. And if it's not, well, well. Next time. Next time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll make Kimmy or maybe we'll make whatever. I don't know. Magic Mike's Last Dance. I'm not really a soda head. That's what they call people who love Soderbergh. But there's movies he's done that I really like a lot. Like Out of Sight. I thought it was a really good movie. That was your review for it. It's Out of Sight. <laughs> it's out of Sight. Man. Man. Cool. Cool. You said. Yeah. I couldn't tell you one. Yeah, you could he's, tell me. He's one of those. He's one of those directors that I know is famous, and I know that he does good stuff. But yeah. I, I don't. There's nothing that I yeah, equate with it. You right? go, oh, Ocean's Eleven. I gotta see that. Yeah, like I liked. I remember you guys mentioning it. And I was like, oh, I think you just called it Ocean because you guys are so cool. You did Oceans. <laughs> I couldn't think of the all the various. Uh, I just meant all of them like, because there's a few. There's a few in the series that he yeah. that he directed. And, uh, did he do all of them? He did all of the ones with George Clooney and Brad Pitt. Because they, everybody didn't like the second one, and they made the third one as the apology. Is, is that what, is is what that, I heard? Is that what, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, but what what uh, what's a big one of his in the eighties or nineties? A big one? Well, that's a good question because he didn't really have like a big one through that time period. Oh, I don't okay. think. Um, like he made Sex Lies and Videotape, which was like his kind of calling card, right. Sundance Did introduction. I see that? What year was that? Like eighty nine? Yeah, somewhere in like ninety, ninety one, somewhere like that. He's part of that. He's part of the nineties uh, group of yeah. directors. Because I remember of... that. See, if you were to say, I I think that he's working in the seventies, but he's not working in no, the seventies. No, no, no. But that's that's sort of what yeah, I do, yeah, right? I, yeah. I put him into a into a category <laughs> like a, a Scorsese yeah. contemporary. Mm. Yeah, he not. he made that movie. Then he, I think he did one like called Kafka or something like that, which was a real flopperoo. And then I think he had some trouble getting funding. I don't really know his career too well. Like I say, I'm not a soda head, so I'm not uh, not too up on him. Right. I'll watch a movie by him if it seems interesting, you know. And this is why you're saying get rid of the the auteur. You yeah. Don't want to, just because it's Steven Spielberg doesn't mean it's going to be good or that you want to watch yeah. it. Yeah. 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 And as you say, he might be a flopperino. Yeah, and I, but I do think that Steven Spielberg is is an example of a director though who makes movies when he wants to now like and but it's always been kind of that way you know i guess like he really he really works on a movie ian had said uh i think he was asking you or you were asking him and then i got here because i was actually listening to the podcast on the way over here okay and uh and saying does does soderbergh do one a year because i think spielberg does one a year pretty much mm. if you were to look back in the last little bit here yeah there's one a year hmm. Uh, have you seen the Finkelmans? Or Finkelmans? I enjoyed it. Yeah? Yeah. I Funny. enjoyed it. 
not a, it's not supposed to be funny. Musical? It's not supposed to be a musical. Is there ghosts? There are no no ghosts in it. Yeah, or I'm, or goats. I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you require from a movie? No, it's a it's an interesting film. It's I mean, it's kind of a meditation on being a creative person and and the good and bad about it. So was that an auteur move to do this? He wrote it. He co-wrote it with with Tony Kushner. Mm, Tony Curtis. No, Tony Kushner, <laughs> who who did the screenplay for um, West Side Story, the movie that Spielberg did before. Oh, you see, and that Alien. was a strange. You see that now? Why did he do that? He's always wanted to do a musical. Because it was uh, his parents' favorite film. Oh. Yeah. So he wanted to do his own version of it. I haven't seen all of it. Because, I mean, the movie isn't the definitive version. The definitive version was the stage version. Yeah. You know, the Leonard Bernstein uh, with uh, Stephen Sondheim. Sondheim. Yeah. Sondheimberg. Sondheimberg. <laughs> he did and, the out of sight. Yeah. <laughs> out of sightberg. <laughs> and, yeah, so I think he loved that He loved that movie, or his parents loved that movie, and so he wanted to do his own version of it. And it's a really good film, by the way. I don't know if you've seen it. but The it's, new one? Yeah. I started to watch it. Okay. But Jennifer... Mm. She's anti-musical. If you think I'm no fun, <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say anything. But yeah, she is just like, why would they be singing? So you can't oh, ask that. come on, come that on. is a silly question for a musical. She's uh, yeah, so she kept making noise and <laughs> humping and harumphing, and so I'm like, I'm gonna have to watch this on my own. I'm I'm lucky. I went to the theater. Mm. And Lisa came, and Lisa's not a fan of musicals either. Like she is, you know, like I love I love Hollywood, like the big Hollywood musicals. I yeah. love them. Well, I shouldn't say the big Hollywood musicals. I love the middle-sized Hollywood musicals. <laughs> I actually kind of fall off when they get to the big Hollywood musicals. Like what? Singing in the Rain? No, that's a middle size. Oh, that's middle size. Yeah. Oh, that feels huge to me. But it's because it's such a great movie. Oh. But like the big ones were like Oklahoma and stuff like that, where they just threw oh, all the money in the world at those sure. movies, right? Because they were like desperate to... Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? Yeah, it's just too big. Yeah, three at most, right? <laughs> it's all you need. <laughs> it, has a, it has a great dance sequence in it. But... Yes. And everybody talks about it. Yeah. Just watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just watch that. Well, that's why that's entertainment's so great, right? <laughs> yeah. The best of the things. And I was going to say, but when you're talking about the noir films, I was going to say the best noir film I ever saw was this film called Visions of Light, which is a movie about cinematography. Oh. And it covers the cinematography of noir films. And it's such a great way to watch noir films because you don't have to watch the whole stupid movie. <laughs> right. Just so you, you just see, see like the beautiful, beautiful <laughs> shots of like shadows and you know, all the way they lit stuff. And it's just amazing to see. And you just get then a quick little, you know, nuggets of beautiful images. And then you're on to the next. <laughs> on to the next one. Next decade. Just the whole thing. Yeah, oh. yeah. All right. This looks inevitable. <laughs> yes. This guy's doomed. Then at the end, you just uh, he always comes on and he says, either wasn't that a great ending, or like they changed the ending. Originally, he died. But the, <laughs> the code, the Hollywood code, said no. That is that's so terrible. <laughs> I watched Nightmare Alley a while ago, not the remake with with the, the Guillermo del Toro remake, but the original one. Yes. Uh, which you know is going this way and you're like okay we know where the story is going it's gonna end like this and it doesn't <laughs> yeah wait what <laughs> why because it doesn't make any sense you've totally you've totally like dehumanized this woman and turned her into a nothing so you can have your stupid happy ending yep the happy ending Ooh. bring on the geek <laughs> bring on, yeah bring on the other geek <laughs> not this guy wasn't gonna be a geek why would you think that why would he be a geek yeah He's got his whole world. life ahead of him. Life ahead of him. Sure, he like conned people and killed some lady. That's right. Fine. Sure, tricked a bunch of people. Look at him now, though. Look at him now. Yeah, alcoholic. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, no, I, I don't like when movies do that. I hate when you can tell a movie has changed something because someone yeah. got scared, or or they just did, did it because they thought it was cool. You know, like I always feel like 
that story about clerks supposedly originally ending with the, the, the main character getting killed. Oh, I haven't heard that. Oh, yeah, that's how it was supposed to end originally. And someone said to Kevin Smith, don't be an idiot, you know, which was a good thing to say to him because it would be idiotic to do that because the whole movie, you know, is about, I don't know what it's about, but it's not about someone getting killed at the end of a movie. That's just like a fake kind of, aren't I cool? You know, I put this in because life is like that, man. You, know, you never know what's going to happen. never know. Sometimes like... you're going to get killed by a guy in a convenience store oh, and, it's, and you didn't think that was going to happen to you. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> but why, when you watch a movie that has all these like amusing little bits and stuff like that, and you're enjoying these characters having yeah, their dumb conversations, that you end with by kicking us in the face? <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> Fucker. So Kevin yeah. never killed anybody ever again. <laughs> Not even himself. Pulled through. Pulled through. That's right. You have a chance. So yeah, I just yeah, those are two things I just I just like in a film. As soon as it's interesting, there's a movie called I think it's called Party Line with Gene Arthur. And I was watching it, and there's a point in the movie where you're like, "Oh, the haze office stepped in." Right. Yeah, that's they were going this way, and then they couldn't, so they had to like make this big swing in the middle of the movie. Yeah, the lighting all changes. (laughs) Music, music's different. What is this? It's a different wig. (laughs) What's going on here? Um, I'll never go hungry again. (laughs) What? Okay. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Someone runs in the room and says, "Says that guy, he didn't steal the bread." They found the real guy. He confessed. And they found the bread. <laughs> and then they sing a song about bread. I don't think this is how this was supposed to end. <laughs> I wish I could remember the names of the characters from them. Oh, well. I bought the bakery. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Tell us how you think in the comment section. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, let's... Uh, let's um, Normally we do a musical thing, but we're not going to do the musical thing today because Jason's here and he doesn't like music. I so, love music. I know you do. But, but I do have to give medication to you do give medication to him. <laughs> so we're just going to do uh, listeners' comments. Yes, do listeners' comments. And I'm going to get Jason to read them. Um, when I was on at uh, Christmas time, I forget who it was. Was Louise? Somebody left a comment uh, about food, about the Salmon Wellington at the cannery. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, the Salmon Wellington at the cannery. And uh, if it was Louise or whoever it was, yeah. uh, hopefully they're listening in. And then, <laughs> there's a company out in Richmond called Intercity Packers. Okay. That is going to stop doing uh, uh, sales to the public. But Intercity Packers has frozen salmon Wellington. And I bought them. And they're pretty good. Okay. And so uh, they have till the end of April that you can go onto the Intercity <laughs> Packers website. You have to order a hunk of stuff to be able to go pick it up. Because it's all like bulk. Like you, it was, it was like 16 salmon Wellingtons is what I had to buy. And it cost, I don't know, $80. And it's frozen solid. But... I can't say it's as good as the cannery's salmon Wellington, but <laughs> it's good salmon Wellington. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For taping, right? This show's still on the air, isn't it? <laughs> we are. We are still taping. Okay, I'm just finding. I'm just finding the uh, comments. That's okay. Right. So, oh, so the first comment is actually from last, uh, the week before the show from the week before. We had a late entry that came in on uh, after we'd recorded the show. So uh, this is from uh, Marcus. So if you wouldn't mind reading that one, uh, Jason. Yes. This is from Marcus, as, as Dave has said. <laughs> I was thinking about the collaborations among the Python, so I tried to find as many things as I could. Meaning of life would be a valid end of Python proper, so I wouldn't count things like Yellowbeard and Time Bandit. But here are as many film projects as I could hunt up. I just want to say, I do think Time Bandits came, became, came before uh, Meaning of Life. but uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I remember I remember a kid at school talking about Time Bandits and how cool it was. I think it's after Meaning of Life. Really? I think so. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. It'll be the first time. 
Uh, uh, so I, what was the original question? I don't know what he's answering. We were just I'm talking, sure. I was just talking about, uh, on the show, I don't know if you know the show, Sneaky Dragon, I was talking about, um, <laughs> I was talking about uh, just how little collaboration there was between the Pythons after they, the team broke up. And oh, I was saying, but Michael Palin seemed to be the most common, most common, uh, fa- you know, common factor between all of them. Like he performed with Cleese and A Fish Called Wanda. He, he acted a couple of times for Terry Gilliam. He uh, did stuff with Terry Jones. Right. Okay. So the, so Marcus was thinking of those collaborations. Now, I, now I'm up to speed too. So he's listed a Brazil, which had Gilliam and, and Palin. Mm-hmm. A Fish Called Wanda, Cleese and Palin. Mm-hmm. The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, Gilliam with Eric Idle. Oh, okay. So what? Okay, no, sorry. Now I understand what what Marcus meant. What he was saying was that he doesn't, up to Meaning of Life, the Pythons were a team still, and so any movies that occurred before that are not. He wouldn't consider to be part of this. So Jabberwocky, Time Bandits, right? Those films don't count as part of this working together because this is after Meaning of Life, they're no longer a, a unit. Right. Meaning of Life would be a valid end of Python proper. Yeah, I see. Okay. Eric the Viking, which I love, John Cleese and uh, Terry Jones. You love that movie? Yeah, I really I've... enjoyed it. Really, I've never seen it. You should see it. I've kind of, I kind of got Pythoned out at some point in my life where I, I just didn't really enjoy their later stuff as much. <laughs> Splitting Airs with Cleez and Idol. Okay. Which I, I've, I've forgotten about till I was just reading. It. I was just like, oh yeah, I remember Splitting Airs. <laughs> ah, The Wind in the Willows. Cleez, Idol, Jones. That's really interesting. I've not seen that one. And Palin. Uh, Fierce Creatures with Cleez and Palin again. And absolutely anything. Sorry, Fierce Creatures is kind of a fish called Wanda sequel right yes it's the cast doing another thing okay yeah uh, and absolutely anything 2015 there the uh, voices of Cleese, gilliam idol jones and hmm. they're all uh, big space creatures in that okay okay that's uh, the ipad it's not me <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to like the reluctant traveler because i'll give any sctv alum a chance and i agree robin duke is underappreciated she knows how to get laughs with a well-timed look or expression. <laughs> she's very good. What do you think of Robin Duke? I like Robin Duke. She's great. Yeah. I think she's underappreciated in that you say, oh, remember all those people on SCTV? And they say, how about Robin Duke? I say, I don't... Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Don't, two girls. Oh, she did that great thing with her, with the character <laughs> who did the crafts for the... Do you remember her, like, that character? It's been so long since I've seen SCTV yeah, no, stuff, me, right? Yeah, me too. So I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I well. love Eugene Levy just being himself. He's charming and a quick wit. But I reckon it suffers from the same issue as so many reality-based shows. They're too tightly edited and scripted, Mm. as opposed to written, if that makes sense. There's no room to breathe. They cut from set piece to set piece, jam the gags and tropes in place, and boom, done, next episode. Nobody has much time to reflect on where they've been, what they learned, how they might have changed or grown. I'm left with the empty cardboard tube after the cotton candy is snarfed up, and it's not really fulfilling. I'd rather read a memoir. All right. I, as, I, the Reluctant Traveler, I guess, is on now, but it must be on a stream service. Yes, it's on, uh, it's on Apple TV. Yeah. Which it's, I do have Apple TV through my daughter. And it does seem like a good idea, so but I it. understand totally what he's saying. And yeah, more of these things, they get sort of ham-hocked together and it's all that. I want to I sit with Eugene Levy for an, an hour in a restaurant. I don't need to, him being <laughs> forced into something, shoehorned into something. Or worse, when... Uh, 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 Ricky Gervais made uh, The Idiot Abroad 
and then what's his name wouldn't do anything. I'm just like, well, so Ricky's in, yeah, laughing like, yeah, I want you to do this stupid thing. And then he's like, I'm not going to do the stupid thing. And Ricky can't make him do it because yeah. he's not there. Yeah. And so this guy just doesn't do it. So he, I don't even get the visceral <laughs> pleasure of him doing the thing. And Ricky calls him names. And I'm just like, I, uh, I liked the idea at first, but uh, I, I left, I'm left wanting more. Left wanting more. Somebody has snarfed my cotton candy. <laughs> oh, it's Louise. <laughs> Louise is writing. Hi, Louise. Okay. Uh-oh. This, uh, this worries me. Okay. I have good and bad news this week. Uh-oh. The good news, an upcoming milestone birthday party for a friend who at one point was not expected to have any more birthdays. Yeah, that's true. The bad news, the director of a series I write for passed away from a rapidly progressing cancer at the age of 60. Hmm. So just a reminder to all the sneakers to have annual checkups and tests done and to familiarize themselves with the warning signs for life-threatening condition. Wow. Yeah, that is bad news. Ugh. Uh, I remember after Dad had uh, cancer, as I turned it into my story. That's fine. Uh, Auntie Pat at one of our family reunions, back mm -hmm. when we still had those, said, yes. Your dad saved my life. And I said, oh, you mean that time he pulled you out of the fire? She said, no. I went and got a colonoscopy. And she had a couple of polyps, and they oh. took him out, and oh, she okay. was good. So, yes, everybody do what Louise says. Go and get annual checkups and tests done and familiarize yourself with the warning signs for life-threatening conditions so we don't lose more people that are dear to us. A library book I never returned. Oh, I saw this. Okay. I saw that this was a question. Do you have a library book in your possession that you've never returned? You're asking me? No, I'm oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Oof, I've got nervous Because you probably told the story last week if you did. I didn't, no. Oh. Do you? I never answer the questions unless oh, someone okay. asks, actually asks them to me. Uh, so, yes, I do have one. I have a Yusei Yojimbo book that, for whatever reason, I did not return. Oh, because it got lost. It got lost for about two years. And then I found it. And it's still sitting upstairs in my room. Wow. And because I'm too shy to return it to the library. You know, they have book drop-offs. So you don't even have to. I know. It was so... <laughs> Were you charged for it then? Yeah, of course oh, I was. But I, I haven't even paid that. I haven't gone to the library since I, I, that book was... Oh, uh... You are a shameful... <laughs> Louise says, a library book I never returned. A copy of the 1936 play Stage Door. Mm. I borrowed it from my high school drama teacher when he was looking for plays that had a lot of young women's roles. I forgot all about it until a clerk mentioned it. It was overdue some months or maybe even years later. They put a trace on it, but it was probably still on a bookshelf in the drama department office. Or maybe my teacher packed it up with his other books when he retired. I don't remember paying for it, so I presume the library probably just wrote it off. Jump cut to the first year of the pandemic and the closure of all city facilities. I downloaded so many e-books from the library's website, I made a donation to their foundation in gratitude. <laughs> so between that and city taxes, I hope we're square, dearest Vancouver Public Library. There's, there's someone be at, you're knocking at your door very soon, Luis. I, uh, I, I always return my library books. Yeah? Although I did do what uh, Louise did, actually. I borrowed uh, library books for a sick friend one time. Okay. And they were all Harlequin romances, so I felt even sickening having them <laughs> attached to my name. Yes. And she took forever to take them back, but oh. I think she finally did. Okay. But there was a bunch of overdue notice. I don't know if I ever paid the fine, because quite often the libraries just... I think Jerry Seinfeld had a bit where the library is like your, your weak friend or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to find you if you don't do that. What am I doing? Edward Dragansky. Can they just not let you take out books, though? They should. They should just block you. Yeah, but, but they don't. Uh, then it's, you know, everybody's going to be dumb. <laughs> Concerning the beloved comedy team of Laurel and Hardy. Did I say who this was? This is Edward? Yes. They've been translated into many languages worldwide. Many years ago, when I was visiting family back home in Chicago, my aunt and... I'm sorry there. What are we looking at? Right, right by my thumb. Aunt 
Ant. Oh, yeah, I don't know. All right. It's spelled uh, A-N-T-I-J-E. So uh, leave it in the comments below. <laughs> She's from Germany. Uh, oh, I've screwed this all up. I'm going to start again. Concerning the beloved comedy team of Laurel and Hardy. Oh, no, this they've, again. They've been translated into many languages worldwide. Many years ago, when I was visiting family back home in Chicago, my aunt, who is from Germany, saw an illustration in my sketchbook of Stan and Ollie. She told me that the Germans refer to them as fat and stupid. <laughs> and when translated, yeah, it is dick it. und doof. Yeah, I just don't understand that. In their language, in their language. I remember this because thinking it was funny. I made a note of it on my sketchbook. It's great the thoughts you guys spark in my memory with each week. I haven't thought about that story with my aunt in years. I looked Laurel and Hardy up as dick und doof, and there's plenty to find. Here's a sample. I thought that the Stroops were the funniest thing when I was a kid. Okay. And I also got a kick out of the Incroyable Hulk. Incroyable. <laughs> that's me. Not, that's not Edward. Edward is smarter than I am. This is back to Edward. Incroyable. <laughs> I'll admit I have had the same thoughts about the pacing of Marvel's comics in relation to the cinematic juggernaut. I think you're right. We've arrived at the 70s timeline of Marvel with Shang-Chi, Werewolf by Night, The Eternals, and the soon-to-be reprised Daredevil Reborn. Are you up for some good old-fashioned defenders, inhumans, or champions, too? No. David mentioned the reasons for the surge of non-superhero titles from Marvel in the 70s, ranging from horror to kung fu to western. I remember, I remember reading that there were creators who had been away from comics like EC and other monster and sci-fi comics because of the homogenized trend in comics during the 60s. I think the comics code was more enforced during that time. Once the code was revised, the tide turned in the 70s, and comic writing expanded beyond superheroes. These creators were more than ready to return to the genre they missed. Add in the pup pop culture resurgence of horror and kung fu in the 70s, and comics creators were willing and able to reflect that. I personally know two writer-artist comic professionals who would be creating horror comics non-stop if they had their way. A few years back, they produced and created a Bella Lugosi present comic with the blessing of the Lugosi estate. It had Bella introducing horror anthology much the way Elvira did for television. It was outstanding only because it had become a pet project for these guys over the years. They only needed the licensing from the Lugosi estate to fulfill it. Ian, who's not here, are you watching the third season of Picard? I should be sitting in a bucket of sponges while I watch this season. What the hell is all, where the hell is all this going? <laughs> Have you been watching Picard? I don't watch uh, Star Trek things. Oh, okay. I watched the first season of Picard. Okay. What did you, you think of it? Um, I didn't need to see a guy's eye torn out, but um, <laughs> uh, it was, you know. Not, yeah, that's what everyone says. That <laughs> I, I was fine. Okay. And then the second season started up, yeah. and somehow I missed the first episode. And just like Magnum P.I. way back in the old days, <laughs> uh, if you don't see the first episode. You never need to see it? No, I'll, I'll probably watch it. I oh, can even okay. watch it on demand, and even then I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Back to my binge problem. <laughs> oh, and Edward's back again. I'm back to answer the questions of the week. I had some good news last week. Oh, that's right. You asked, did anybody have good news this week? Yes. I had no good. I had some good news last week. I was dismissed from having jury duty the day before I was scheduled to go. Oh. It was strange, too. I received an automated phone call, a text, and an email, all at the same time notifying me I didn't have to drive to the courthouse at the ass crack of dawn. <laughs> As for this week, my office is bringing in barbecue for lunch tomorrow. There's a new streaming episode for both Star Wars and Star Trek, and I started watching Poker Face following your recommendations. Really great so far. I haven't been drawn into a show so fast like that in a long time. I liked Natasha Lyonne in Russian Doll. This looks like another win for her, too. Yes, it's a very good show. 
Uh, what's Poker Face on? It's here in Canada. It's on City TV. So you can, if you have cable television, you, you cable can. Cable television? Yes. Yeah, I, have... I could watch that. Yeah, I have cable television. It's on City On Demand. You can watch it there. It's a very good show. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. Mm-hmm. I was afraid it was just going to be people poking her in the face. So I'm glad to hear that it's more than that. <laughs> it's more than that. That's just a small part of it. Yeah. That's why sometimes you need to read things. You can't just listen to audio. Sure, it was poker face. I always returned my library books, but if there was something I wanted to draw from the book, I'd take it over to the Xerox machine and copy it for free. I had file folders loaded with copies I used for reference and inspiration back in the day. If there was an album I liked, I'd check it out and make a tape of it to keep, so I guess I found other ways to get the selected stuff I needed. I do have a first printing of the 1950 Marx Brothers book by Kyle Crichton that has Toledo Public Library stamped inside of it a few times. (laughs) (laughs) I have a Johnny Carson book from the Honolulu Library that I picked up at the book warehouse. The book warehouse is selling used library books. That's me again, sorry. Uh, Toledo Public Library. It also says, withdrawn and sold, so I guess the book was legit when leaving the great state of Ohio. I have no recollection how I came to own this book. May have been an eBay purchase. This is the famously quasi-accurate book about the brothers that was planned as a precursor to a biopic back in the 50s. As much as Chico self or Chico... As self-promoted the film, it never came to pass, and the book stands alone as a strange tome unto itself. I wish good news of any kind to all my sneakers out there. Write it, write it, write it about it. It's not too late. I think it's probably just write about it. It's not too. Late. Adieu, gentlemen. Adieu to you too, Ed. Thank you for writing. Edward writes again. Oh, <laughs> I just had an idea for a top five song theme. Songs where the singer calls out an instrument while singing right before a solo. Hmm. I can think of three songs right at the top of my head where guitar is called out by the singer. <laughs> let me know if you want to message. Let me know if you want me to message them to you, Dave. No, uh, I'd prefer to figure them out myself. Because if you suggest songs, that I won't use them. Oh, there you go. He's a bit of a stick in the mud. Not <laughs> <laughs> a stick in the mud. Just I feel like well, you've made your suggestions. Now I'll make my suggestions. True. Plus, then he won't enjoy it so much because he'll know that those three are in there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What about if uh, Ringo just says, take it, anybody? Does that count as anything? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> that also counts. And uh, Lisa. What Goes On? No, which song is that that he does say? Was it not What Goes On? No. Um, it's one that they didn't actually record, right? I mean, they recorded it, but they didn't put it on an album. because It might it, only be an anthology. Yeah, I think it's on an taking, anthology, yeah, yeah. Take it, George. Take it. He just, he just says, take it anybody. Cause, <laughs> cause it was the song. He, just, he knew the song was kind of hopeless. And that, leave My Kitten Alone? It's not Leave My Kitten Alone. Oh, oh I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I saw you eyeing my kitten. Lisa writes, Good news. I finally lost three and a half pounds after slaving at the gym and cutting calories for months. That was yesterday. Today, some of that weight has been rediscovered. <laughs> but I did get Wordle in two today. So that's some consolation. That's pretty good. Yeah. I have a guy at work mm-hmm. who's a Syrian refugee. I see. And he got it in the first guess. Okay. So he gave up Wordle. Really? Yep. Uh, Mary has got it in the first guess. Really? What yeah. did she get? Do you remember? The word was mourn. Oh, you better check into her. <laughs> <laughs> she, she said she had several different words that she would use, and then that just happened to hit that day. And she also said it was very disappointing because you can't play the game. Yeah. yeah this is over. Exactly. You, you get win. to figure it out. Oh, good. What do I win? Yeah. A 24-hour wait for the next <laughs> game. <laughs> uh, I think his word was light. Okay. Uh, Lisa's library book. I am sure it's not at our house now, but when I was in grade two, I misplaced a library book that never did surface at our house, so I doubt it was actually there at all. But I got in so much trouble from the librarian for losing the book that I developed a library phobia that lasted through university. 
She hit my memory button. That's right. I did not pay that thing. And I had library phobia for years. And then I went back on a whim and I didn't know anything. <laughs> Interestingly, she says, our current librarian at my school experienced exactly the same thing. So she vowed to be a nice one, which. That's nice. Yes. And that's it. All right. Well, All thank you for thank you for reading that. I don't uh, think there's any. Let me just. Uh, I, I wish have... I did a better job reading. You did a great job. Really? But I, I stumbled over words. No, no, you didn't. I did. I managed to say swears. Hey, guess no one cares. <laughs> you sounded great. All right. Let me just check uh, my phone because I just want to see if there's any. Uh, I'm e- going to see if e- I have a library book. Emails. <laughs> yes, you... Did I have any good news? You. I won $25 on a scratch tip. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's nothing, to, that's nothing to laugh at. So I took my profit and I bought another scratch ticket and didn't win anything. So I'm even. Does that sound, does that sound good news? <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, no, no emails. No emails. There are emails, but not this bunch of garbage that no one wants to get. <laughs> okay. But uh, we have to have questions for the week. Right. So uh, I've got a question here for mm-hmm. everyone. And I was kind of curious. I want you to answer this. It's, uh, in what position do you sleep at night? Do you sleep on your stomach? Sleep on your back? Sleep on your side? Let me know. Missionary? And also, missionary, also, do you uh, sleep well? Or are you restless? Let us know about that. And then, uh, do you have a question that you can think of? <laughs> I wish I did, because I knew this was going to come up. Oh, okay. Uh, it's okay if you don't. Uh, what's oh. your favorite uh, Shintoist quote? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> your favorite haiku <laughs> well um my pants just went off oh maybe maybe we could kind of you know what i'm gonna do a variation of what you just said okay i'm gonna ask do you have a favorite poet let us know oh i have a favorite poet story okay let me let, let me know my friend dave and his wife were yes. getting married okay and on the back of their wedding uh this was at the rehearsal dinner there was a poem from shelley okay on the back of it percy Bith's. yes Bish, bish, bish. But I think they had just had hyphen Shelley. Okay. And her sister, and or Dave's future sister-in-law, yeah. and her sister yeah. said this. I said, yeah, it's by Shelley. Yeah. And she said, she here? <laughs> Poor girl. Yeah. She's a, a brain surgeon. Doesn't mean they know everything. Not about poetry. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> tell you that for nothing. All right, everyone. If you would like to write to us and send some good wishes to Ian... You can do so the following way. We have a website that's called SneakyDragon.com. You can go there. You can leave a comment underneath this show. You also can email us at SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. Or, hey, guess what? We're on Facebook, just like nobody else. Facebook? I always thought it was pronounced Fachibook. Well, that's why you're not on it. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> that's the total reason. <laughs> Pronunciation. <laughs> we have a fa- It's called Sneaky Dragon. Uh, we're on Twitter at Sneaky underscore Dragon, and we have a Patreon page where you can go and support the show if you are so motivated. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, fingers crossed, Ian will be back next week. Yeah, otherwise it might be me, and everybody <laughs> hates me. I don't know why. I don't know what he said. I shouldn't say that. Jeez. <laughs> a guy. I was supposed to be like, hey, nobody hates you. <laughs> That's sort of what I was fishing yeah, for. Yeah, I know. Boo. Uh, no, I forget, uh, 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 that will be edited out, so don't worry about that. No, it'll be it'll be in. <laughs> also, my silence will be there. You know what? If you do mm. need me back, yeah. I will be thrilled to come back because I, I enjoy I the conversation and I yeah. enjoy the laughter and the, uh, the <laughs> tears. Mirth. I like a chance to be convinced <laughs> of whatever. That you're wrong. <laughs> Thanks, Dave, for telling me I'm wrong. <laughs> So yeah, no, it'd be great to have you back. We'll we'll have you on in the summer for sure. Oh, okay. Summer summer dragon. So um yeah, with that um yes thoughts and prayers for Ian and uh, 
Best wishes to you all. Take care, and we'll talk next week. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you.